Hello, and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 132. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. You can see us now. We're we here. exist. We have we faces. Exist. We're real. We're real. Look at my hands. These are hands. These are spirit fingers, man. I can't believe we're actually doing this i have to like look up at the camera because like i said in the last episode oh no guys, yeah i gotta do that too Ooh. right well you have to look if from your perspective it yeah. looks like you're looking down at the camera that's the thing i kind of am i'm yeah i'm using my my basic macbook laptop the uh, webcam which works <laughs> and you know as you can see I, it's me it's me Cameron, and then there's james right there in the red shirt and stuff yeah, uh, who I guess for uh, video uh, listeners, video watchers, if you know my like my handle on Twitter and everything, it's Invader Jim. I just like I happen to be wearing an Invader Zim shirt. Oh, well done. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty good. To match up with uh, Scott Pilgrim. And mine is Gogo Camzilla or Gogo Camzilla. And as you can see behind me, I actually just unboxed this. That's a uh, Mondo godzilla 1989 statue and it is glorious there's like only 150 of those that were made or like for that variant version that's like limited to just like 100 i can see why you wanted it it looks super it's cool so fucking good it's great uh, even like from here it's really just, cool it looks like there's a lot of detail to it there's a lot it's it, there's a, a a part of the biolante vine with the mouth on it like one of the piranha uh, mouths uh it's on the back behind it on the ground but uh, uh you can't really see it well but there's a thorn like right there going through godzilla's uh hand and it's one of the variants so like uh Neat. the original version doesn't have the thorn going through it all and i don't even think it comes with the atomic blast version either because the mouth is removable and so is the uh right arm but or i guess actually that's the left arm it's just mirrored i just realized this is like a mirrored version but yeah this is sutra side talk we Come here every week, talk about what we've been playing and what we've been watching. And also a bit of like, you know, gaming movie news, TV news here and there. A couple pieces usually that add up to about 10 to 20 minutes at most. And uh, yeah, we said we're going to try to do video. And this is experimental. This is our first time doing this and even really like testing it out. And the way it's working is like we're recording through Zoom. So this is like Zoom video right now. And then uh, we're still recording like audio through audacity but we also have zoom so we'll probably like the video version i'm actually not sure if it'll have the zoom or audacity version that'll have to it it depends on how well it syncs together but otherwise for audio listeners if you're not watching and you're just listening on spotify apple Podcasts, etc it'll still be the normal audacity version that i can actually edit Uh, there will be slight differences so like the youtube version won't have the musical intro it's just going to be like kind of cold start and uh, it's not going to have any edits. So it's kind of going from start to finish. If there's ever any edits, like I have to cut the video and audio at the same time. And that means like th- that's that's all that's going to happen. I can't really cut them separately. Uh, whereas audio, you know, I can clip things, move things around. It's like a lot easier because you can't see what's happening with the cameras. The this That's why this is like all new and going to be very interesting but also with just the two of us and maybe sometimes a guest every now and again it's a lot more controlled to do inside talk whereas you know like up to it down to it and cut a steel that's <laughs> that's not gonna especially happen. for cut a steel when there's like all five of us on there yeah we're not we're not gonna do that um which speaking of uh you know we're here we're Six. back <laughs> this is weekly 
Suture Sidewatch is coming back. Uh, it, we're actually putting out another episode this week too, the same time this comes out. It's more like a preview of the entire year. Uh, but that's still happening. But the cut of steel and up to a down to it are going to go on a hiatus, which if you haven't noticed, has already kind of been on hiatus since the like mid-October was the last time we did an episode on each of those. And so uh, we're probably not going to come back till sometime in the first quarter of the new year. Uh, I just got to get some non-podcast stuff done first, but uh, the earliest will be back would be like, or the latest would be back would be March with the like an episode on the Batman. But otherwise for kind of still, we'll try to get something for Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. uh, Wonder Woman 1984, and then the big uh, DCEU project of what happened to every single movie that's been announced ever. Uh, those are like the next three projects coming up for it. And then uh, up to it, down to it, we'll have the Halo Bungie trilogy episode and some other you know stuff coming up soon. But that one will probably be February or March. We'll see what happens. Uh, can't say anything until uh, I got my current other tasks done for the beginning of this year. Uh, this episode, though, we don't have a specific movie or game or show to talk about. Instead, I wanted to kick this year off kind of with our top five games, movies, and shows of the past year, or, you know, your top in general, maybe you don't even have five enough to fill it. Cause I'm going to be yeah. honest. I didn't play enough 2021 games. This yeah. Year. My list is going to be weird. Cause a lot of my favorite games of this year were things that didn't really come out this year mm. and we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, I did also kind of like, since I've been going through since uh, this, like, you know, quarantine started i was able to kind of catch up from 2015 through part of 2019 for game of the year or like in general my backlog so i have like updated games of the years i can talk about now because you know now that i played more i can really have better like i guess uh perception of what i think was better so i'll probably be talking about that briefly after we got our top stuff of the year though we're going to list off all the stuff we're interested in coming out in 2022, which, you know, shows are a bit more chaotic. So we're sticking just to the movies and games coming out next year. Yeah. Like that. So I started looking into shows coming out next year. Just, I don't know. I, I did a little extra work. I, I made a list of favorite shows just because I, to be fair, could not remember if we were going to do a combined list of like shows mm. and, and movies. So I was just like, just in case I'll make a show thing. And I was thinking like how do i even look up shows for 2022 because a lot of shows literally just keep going so. and some of them have different platforms so it's like a whole yeah. insanity uh I, I mean i could probably name them off the top of my head because some of them have already started but they they're still technically in 2022 which you know i'm one of them is yeah. just going to be demon slayer automatically <laughs> right um and like we'll do that and we'll do our top anticipated games and movies uh, that we're looking forward to out of that like list of stuff. Uh, but that'll be this episode. Later on this month, we've got a bunch of other stuff. We watched Ghostbusters, Afterlife, Matrix, Resurrections. So we'll talk about that at a certain point. Um, I still have to watch The Witcher, Witcher Season 2, but I figure... On you episode know, 8. I'm lucky okay, yeah. so far. But we'll definitely tackle that. And finally, the uh, Nightmare of the Wolf animated movie, too so yeah we never talked about that yeah and then like other random backlog stuff we can just kind of tackle so there'll be all that kind of stuff and we'll see how far we can get uh this month but there's there's enough to cover for sure uh with that said are you ready to jump right in and uh, do this on video for the first time yeah how did you want to do this did you want to just like go through our entire lists each and or just do one at a time 
So I got a little notebook here, but yeah. uh, we could do, I would say we could start with like shows of 2021 and just go like, we could each do our fives and then two, four is three, two, one. Okay. Yeah. And that's then what I like, uh, yeah, we could be go back and forth for that. And then we'll do movies and the games. I feel like, I think that'll work. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, do you want to do your five for, are your number five for shows first or should I do it first? Shows? Okay. Yeah. Believe it or not, it, it, even like looking at it i'm actually surprised it was this low on my list but it's still on one of my top five invincible that's what i forgot yeah right like the, it came out so early in the year but like it, and there weren't that many episodes but i want to change my five oh. <laughs> it was so oh, well man. done and it's like there are so few shows that actually bring me to watch stuff on amazon prime it's i don't know i I couldn't tell you why, but for whatever reason, Amazon Prime is just like the one service I use the least that I actually have access to. And so like the two shows that I, I forgot about the boys, although I don't know if there's a seat. Was there a season of the boys this year? No, it's 2020. I think that's okay. That's why I left it off. That's what, off it's so list. weird. It's hard to think because I always feel like anything I think came out this year actually came out last year. And then I get yeah, really confused. I had to be like really sure <laughs> the stuff i put on my list was from this year not just from before but yeah i just i really enjoyed invincible and the art i thought the art style was like pretty good but it was mostly just like it was so well voice acted and just like towards the end when like that like heartbreaking fight between oh man i can't remember the main character's name mark. uh but yeah mark and his dad was just like so heartbreaking and it's really hard for animated shows often to just like get to that level of like emotional investment for me. Yeah, for sure. Shit. It's too late. I already wrote my list down, but I almost want to switch it. Honestly, I think you can kind of say like it's it's pretty much there at the same time at number five for me practically. But I'd say number five for me was Loki. Really? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know. I no, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't. I still even at this point probably wouldn't put it on my top five, but eh. yeah, I think it did such a good job. Like I was looking through and I'm thinking like, do any of the Marvel shows hit my top five? And I think this one hit the closest just because it had better consistency compared to Falcon Winter Soldier compared to WandaVision. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye was good, but yeah. I, I was always like, so when's it starting and then i was like dude it's only six episodes and i was like oh yeah no it just okay. it literally just felt like a christmas special which was great that it came out at like the right time yeah no for but, yeah. and it was a fun time yeah, I mean, it's not mr fisk actually yeah. we also got to cover hawkeye in january too that'll be another one yeah. too but it's, it's just not many of those shows really like stuck with me yeah loki i think did good all the way until the end but then again none of them had any good endings like they all pretty much fell flat yeah, uh, a lot of the Disney Plus Marvel shows have just felt like leading up to the next thing, I guess. And this one especially, because it, it pretty much goes like season two, and you're mm. so used to all these shows seeming like a one shot, and you're like, season, what the fuck? Uh, and you're not used to have that, like, you know, certain shows have cliffhanger endings, and this one does that. And I guess I was caught off guard by it, and that's pretty much one of the things that is keeping it from getting higher for me i would say i think honestly it belongs now that you said invincible i almost want to switch it <laughs> so I, almost, I think i might just say invincible number five 
for same reasons, but you know, I'll, for now, it's so it. hard. To, like when it gets up to the top five of, your, of the year, like a lot of good stuff came out this year. A so lot of good stuff did come out. Yeah, it, it was really hard to kind of narrow down that list. But yeah, that's for me. Number four. All right, for me, number four was Demon Slayer, and I know that like are you talking about season two? No, <laughs> the first season, just because I I didn't watch Demon Slayer until this last year. I'm pretty sure. So, and it's just like, I don't know. Again, there are very few animes that draw me in so quickly as Demon Slayer did. And I think a lot of it is just like the main character is yeah. like, I like that he's like so tenacious, like he never gives up, but that's like, that's pretty common in anime. But what's less common is just like how kind he is. Yeah. Like there are moments in this show where he's just so like sad for the demons that he's killing that he like has to end that. And he's like the only demon slayer that actually feels anything for these demons. And maybe, maybe it's because his sister is a demon, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's just, it, there were moments in the show and also the movie that, but that's like a separate category yeah, a separate that, that like actually brought me to tears. And that's really hard to, to do for me. Like a lot of shows I'll just, I'll enjoy, but very rarely will it actually get me to have like a physical emotional response. I'd almost put the um, Mugen train when they turned it into seven episodes and just say, you know, uh, this, yeah. this would be it for my number four. But like, um, it's hard. It really is hard. I think because I'm like sticking to the movie, I'm trying to stay away from it. But my number four was uh, Yashihime. It's the sequel series to Inuyasha. Mm. And so far, it's honestly really fun. I like it a lot. And I guess I'm just because I'm very invested in it. Uh, it it's it been very interesting in terms of unlocking the mysteries of what happened to the original characters and stuff. And when you learn throughout everything, it's like in the, it's a good way through the second season enough that I would put it here. Like where certain, you know, certain shows like Demon Slayer season two and Boba Fett have only had like a few episodes or one episode in 2021 and now are pushing in 2022, which is why I consider those more like 2022 shows. But uh, Yashihime has been enough where uh, the characters of like Moroa and uh, crap. I actually, the hard thing is it took me forever just to memorize all the Inuyasha characters. And now there's like a whole new set. And I'm just always like blanking on their names. And I know that's really bad for something that's like on my top five, but all the characters, like the siblings that are the daughters of Sashomaru, um, they have such an interesting dynamic. And I know a lot of people, there's like a whole slew of sequel animes out now, like Naruto or, or the Boruto. Boruto. Uh, and then whatever sequel fucking thing Dragon Ball does, because they never stop. But this one, I think does a really good job. I really appreciate this one for sure. Number three. All right. For me, oh, wait, why did my list? Anyway, for me, again, it's an, I, oh, man, I should have maybe looked up if it actually came out this year, but either way, it's something that I personally watched this year. The Harley Quinn cartoon. Mm. Like, I cannot stop, like, singing the praises of this show any chance I get. it. It's so fun. I don't even normally give too much of a shit about the, um, about Harley Quinn as a character. Like, I know Brandon really likes her and but he he's also mentioned that he's not like a fan of them trying to make her 
DC's Deadpool in recent years, but like this show is just so fun to watch. And not only, I mean, this isn't like a selling point, but it has like the best version of King Shark I've ever seen too. <laughs> it's just so fun. He's basically just like a guy who happens to be a shark. Yes. Like it's so funny. And then like there is a whole episode that goes into his backstory and like the shark kingdom and all that stuff. But... Oh, I never, that's, is that in season two? I think it's in season two. Okay. Yeah. And... I haven't, I still have to watch season two. Dude, it's like, it's seriously one of the funniest cartoons I've ever watched. Yeah, season and I would, one was fantastic. I was and cracking up. I would never expect it from a DC, like a show that started on that like DC streaming app that doesn't even exist anymore. Well, it's like, it's an adult cartoon that's supposed to also be a comedy and it's Harley Quinn. And honestly, I thought it was going to be incredibly cringy when they first announced it. I'm like, oh my right. God, this is going to be horrible. And then I'm like, oh shit, this is phenomenal this and is like just, i'd never thought that they'd do such a good job it's so well voice acted and like like alan tudyk playing clayface and clayface is like a terrible actor <laughs> but it's which is hilarious because he could be like the best actor in the world he could literally be whoever or whatever he needs to be and he's just the worst over actor that like ruins almost every plan they try and it's it's just so funny it like even if you're not a fan of DC in general, I still think the show is just funny as hell. Oh, yeah. I think the best scene in the first season that I loved was uh, their plan to break into the, I guess, like the precinct or the prison. And King Shark immediately walks into the precinct yeah. and gets beaten up and taken to jail. And it's so fast. <laughs> you're like, I had to, I was watching with two friends virtually. I had to rewind it just so we could watch it again. And we were, it was we were so not, funny. It was the best thing ever. Oh, my God. For sure. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta finish season three. That's another thing, though. I'm watching that before the expanse. People want me to watch the expanse. I'm gonna finish that season before then. Uh, my number three, Squid Games. Ooh, okay. I didn't think I'd put like you know, it's like oh, this is the number one thing on Netflix. Everyone, it's like in all the memes, it's in all the conversations. It's the new trend thing at the moment where it's in and everyone wants to watch it and everyone gets the fucking track suits. It was probably very much overplayed in Halloween and like, you know, you'd see it and everyone was probably like, like, Oh, whatever. So many like, Dalgana cookie uh, or whatever oh, you want yeah. to call it. Those challenges. little cutout cookies. Yeah. Cause I always, every time you see like those people that do the, the big thing of the year, like, you know, before it was the stranger things, um, ice cream outfits and then oh yeah, huh. the Joker and so on and so on. I always kind of look down on it. And I'm just like, dude, you guys, you're the opposite of original in everything possible, but whatever. Uh, this show, I think, did such a good job in the specific form. Like, obviously, it's not a new idea. I mean, like, the way they do it is cool and unique, but it's pretty much like another form of Battle Royale or Hunger Games, just a, a different version of it again the characters is where they exceed where I think out of all the different versions, this is the one where you get the most attachment to characters. Oh yeah. Like I keep, I think I mentioned on this show, like when I, when we first watched it, where like you get to the Marvel episode and that's really what, like that episode broke me. The Mar- oh dude, that was the, that was the fucking horrible. Cause episode. like, you know, half of the people that you just got, interested in and got attached to are going to die and there's nothing you can do to stop it and it is so heart-wrenching and terrifying and even like 
the the thuggish dude who's just like kind of making his own gang within the group like you're you're like oh shit does he get out of this because he might not ah like it, yeah the that show is so good at building tension and just like payoff so so good at pay payoff for this show like ali was the that was the saddest thing was ali yeah Easily. that was that was horrible i i couldn't i was oh man he was like the most innocent person there yeah very much so he was such a nice guy i felt so fucking bad i couldn't deal with it but yeah and th- that show really does like i said it does such a good job it's up here because of how it really tugs at you and they do such a good job of making you attach to those characters when they do die or something happens to them, you do really feel for it. And I don't know if they can do a good second season, honestly, but they at least did good with what they had in this one. I really appreciated it. Uh, Number two. Yeah. Number two, uh, with Squid Game uh. <laughs> for literally all the same reasons. <laughs> That's why I kind of started getting into it on my reasons for it was like it. It's one of those shows that like just stuck with me for like way at, long after I finished that show. Like it's anything that can make me think about it for a while and actually, again, get attached to characters and care whether they live or die is a good show, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Uh, my number two was What We Do in the Shadows season three. Oh, okay. You know what? It's funny. That's my number one. So let's talk about it. <laughs> Dude. All right. We uh, like we just did an episode on it during Halloween. That show is amazing for the sheer fact. I think the only other show that comes close to it, just in terms of keeping consistent comedy, is probably another FX show. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. And that just started. So I'm like, oh, shit. Yes. Uh, but what we do in the shadows is so amazing because it combines everything from making vampires awkward because they're <laughs> people out of time, but also vampires. Well, it's it's funny because there's like all the different kinds of vampires you could ever that have ever been in fiction are in this show, like the Nosferatu kind, the Twilight regular people kind. The fucking werewolves are just like you throw something and they'll jump off a roof. Oh god, that was so funny, <laughs> but. Uh, this was the season with uh, Johnny Daytona, right? Or Tony was Daytona, it? I think. Oh, is that? Because Mark that was Hamill the last comes se- in. Oh, that was, was the last the se- season. Because this whole oh, season shit. was all, okay. all just like, who gets to be the head of the fi- Vampire Council in New York? And okay, I love Laszlo immediately. He's just like, fuck it, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see Colin Robinson. He, just, he can uh, still be alive. <laughs> just like face oh, the place. That was so gross. <laughs> yeah. This was uh, also the season with um, super powerful Colin Robinson, right? With the hair. I think it was the last season too. Shit, I can't either. I watched that it was all like, like back to back. So I don't even know. Yeah. Like I think this entire show is just like one of the funniest, like you said, consistently funny things. And the fact that they somehow like they have good character progression too, which is yes. hard for comedies to do. Like usually they'll just like stick to a routine and just go with it. Like, like you just mentioned, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is absolutely hilarious, but it's been on like the 12th season and they're basically still doing the same exact thing. It took 12 seasons for them to leave the country, but also the city in general. Yeah. 12 seasons like, to leave the city. And not, not to knock, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Cause again, it's still consistently funny. It's just like they have a formula and they've just been able to keep that formula going for a long time. But yeah. it's, uh, but what we do in the shadows, like consistently finds new things to shake things up. Like 
in at the end of the first season you find out guillermo is like the descendant of van, van helsing <laughs> and he's just like inherently amazing at killing vampires he's like, like really good at combat and it's funny because you look at him and you don't think he does anything to, and then like at the end of the second season when he has to like kind of reveal his vampire hunting abilities to save the like his masters not well i mean his one master but then like and everyone else and the others yeah and like he does this move where he's like in the audience in that like theater or whatever and he's just like spinning around like throwing holy water on all the vampires around him and it's just like it looks so stupid but it's like he's just he's destroying all of them he's he's actually successfully killing like a room full of vampires no problem everyone's dead so now you're the cancel <laughs> yeah and like it's and that's the other funny thing is like this season starts off with like it's normally frowned upon it's like our our greatest law is to never kill another vampire but we also value it so you're also the leaders now because you killed all the other vampires and like this this season did have like the the progenitor like the original vampire getting loose and yeah oh and turns out the master or the the baron is like still alive they like buried him because they thought he was dead and he's like just been... oh hello everybody yeah he's like just half a vampire at this point and he's don't just, they like, attach being... him to said the wasn't there the hellhound something like that they were just like carrying him around and they like put him on the hell they tie him to the hound and it's like a golden retriever and like it turns out he can like understand the original vampire he's like oh yeah i know of course i can understand what he's talking about like you guys you guys can't don't understand what he's saying yeah he just thought you were gonna throw him back in the room again <laughs> it's just yeah this show is one of the funniest consistently funny shows and it's like it's a documentary style comedy like the office about vampires like and it's if, like you tell me that on paper and i'm i would tell you that would never work and, and it's so good it's so successful also the fact that like the documentary crew potentially sometimes they might get killed yeah and they're uh, just kind of like you know it's part of the job where you're just like oh shit dude i like even from the first episode where they uh, i think it was the first episode and they they greet the baron and he just like eats laszlo and nadia's familiar and they never get another one yeah no they don't well they try and, there's like that episode where they have all the familiar oh, they, you're right you're all right. these people each one dies in some ridiculous way and like it's just like mid feeding on the familiar. The Baron just like looks at the camera and he's like, what is this? What's going on here? He's like, oh yeah, this is called a documentary crew <laughs> or whatever the, whatever Laszlo said. He's just like, they had to explain the existence of the cameras, which again, it brings uh, the, um, I guess it uh, brings your notice to the fact that like, yeah, these are, is, this is an actual documentary crew. Yeah. Like they're actually physically there and not everyone is in on it so freaking oh and then like their neighbor that they keep having to wipe his memory oh uh, <laughs> oceans 11 is the best movie ever. <laughs> well you know I, oh I, shit I, we accidentally gave him the brain scramblies <laughs> now that my brain scrambled i think oceans 12 is the best movie ever it's just uh, changes from one ocean. And then I, I love like the end of that episode. He like falls in love with his wife again for the first time. And it's like actually good. Yeah, though it, it somehow works out. It, that's the yeah. best part is somehow things always most of the time work out. Like it, it works. Yeah, so. pretty much. Yeah. Fantastic show. So phenomenal. But not my number one. It was it was hard, honestly, because I think this almost was my number one, but one show just shocked me 
just because I didn't think I was even going to care about it because it's about a game property that I could give two shits about. And wow. then it exceeded everything was Arcane was the my number one. Oh, shit. I totally forgot about Arcane. Oh, yeah. no. It's okay. Oh. It's okay, man. You see what Invincible would have been knocked off for you. Right? You what happens? Oh, man. But my number one was Arcane. Uh, we also just did an episode about this one, too. Uh, it, like I said, it comes from the world of League of Legends, which is a game I don't care for. I don't care for MOBAs at all. And I'm like, why would I? You know, I'm usually a lore guy. I love the Destiny lore and before that, like the Halo lore and stuff. Um, I, I didn't think I'd care for this because I'm like, I'm not even trying to get into this world. This show is done well enough that not only did I think it was a fantastic uh, way to get me to care about that world that the game is around, but I honestly think this is probably the best adaptation of a video game to like film television, pretty much. I don't think there's anything better. Like before, I would say maybe the first two seasons of Castlevania specifically. Same, yeah. Just season one and two, not three and four. Uh, but I think this does an even better job of it uh, more than anything. And, you know, the next thing we'll find out is uh, if the Uncharted movie and the Halo show do good, but I'm, you know, not holding my breath on the Halo show and Uncharted has a history of, we're just happy to see it's coming out. So yeah, we'll see how that yeah. happens. <laughs> uh, but I, it, it does a fantastic job in creating amazing characters that go through a lot of different things. Like it doesn't feel overly fluffed. It doesn't feel like they're trying to do some thing. Like right now there's a show called young justice phantoms, uh, the fourth season. And they're really trying to push a bunch of different, like social, I guess, like commentaries into it to a point where I'd say this is probably definitely the weakest season so far because of mm. that. Uh, Cause they're mm. over pushing, but this makes it. So everything feels incredibly natural. All the characters have a good historical, like they have a good history. They all make sense and you don't feel like anything's being shoehorned. And the animation itself is really good. It's like its own thing. I don't know if I've seen anything like it before. Well, what's interesting about Arcane's art style is that it looks a lot like the painterly like motion from the games that they do yeah for the game for the characters oh. I mean, they have like 3d models for the characters too but like initially uh it was all just like artwork that for when you were uh, choosing the character you're playing okay so they somehow made those like motion graphics like the whole entire art style and it so it looks and fe- well it looks like league of legends at least the art from that game okay but just like it's a show like they did a really really good job on that yeah, that's that's my number one. That that took the cake for me. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's uh, all the shows now for the movies, and I, I'll hit the number. Five. I'll start for this one. Uh, my number five, okay. James. No time to die, the James Bond movie. Interesting. That was hard. Honestly, I honestly wasn't sure if it was going to make it on the list. It was. I was debating between like multiple movies, and. I want to be honest, there was a lot of movies that I had anticipated this year as like my top movies. I'd say out of my top three, only one of them made it into the five. And then the other two were actually more disappointing than anything. And I was just like, mm. oh, fucking Godzilla versus Kong. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> and Army of the uh, Dead. Yeah, I saw that like 
well, I looked up to a list of movies that came out this year and I saw Godzilla versus Kong and I was like, oh, it hurts me that I don't even feel like putting that anywhere it on the list anyway. It doesn't anywhere near my top five. And neither does, neither does Army of the Dead, which is crazy. Yeah. I didn't think I'd say that. But uh, No so Time to Die... the list a little bit for me, but like No Time to Die is actually my number two. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. All right, then we'll just, yeah, we'll knock that out so We'll just talk about it. It is a big exit for James Bond. It's well for Daniel Craig and his James Bond, you know, spoilers, yeah. of course. But, you know, it's it's the end of all of it and they do a lot of consistency within these five movies where i actually watched all four of the others right before i saw this one in theaters uh and it made it so cohesively like connected where it worked really well to where even like the weakest movie of the five quantum of solace when you watch it alone you're just kind of like ah shit when you watch it right after Casino Royale, it fits so much better. Like, honestly, I was like, oh, this is a lot better than I remembered. Just because you have to do that, though. Standalone, it doesn't work, though. That's the issue. I, no Time to Die isn't the best one. It's, I'd say, right in the middle. It's, like, number three. It's, like, smack dab, like, right above Spectre, but right below either Casino. I would say Skyfall. I think Casino is my favorite, and then Skyfall it's, that those two always five for the really best. i i really like scott hall i wasn't it's like hard that. it's hard those two are really hard to figure out for me but i, I they always switch too like if it's mm. raining outside i'm like oh yeah skyfall is my favorite <laughs> james bond <laughs> and i'm like i'm at vegas and i'm like i love casino Royale. Yeah. <laughs> uh this movie though makes so much connection because before with all the other bonds you know he's womanizer that just kind of goes through woman to woman each movie and it's like who's the girl of the day whereas this one he does it to an extent but it's more of out of like i don't want to get hurt again because the woman i was with was just like you know murdered and shit or she chose to die and let herself drown which was even more probably fucking his head more this one actually keeps a, a consistent female character for two movies and has like a relationship that does feel like kind of fast paced, but enough where you do care about their relationship. You care about like the family they pretty much are going to have. It has the easily the strongest lineup of female characters I've ever seen in a Bond movie. Dude, Paloma is like, we literally both after we always, seeing that movie, we were like, we want a Paloma movie. Yeah, give me a Paloma <laughs> movie. And then Naomi is really good too. Who's like the second James, not James Bond. She's the other 007. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, uh, what's her face? Um, I forget the character's name, but, uh, you know, the woman that's basically his his baby mama. Oh, yeah. Uh, Madeline yeah, Swan. That's Madeline, Madeline. Yeah, Madeline right. Swan. I, I didn't even have to look it up. The, I, the I daughter was Mathilde. Yes, Mathilde, which I always that that was the only thing that kept throwing me off. I was waiting They're, for the both uh, have similar names. No, I was waiting for the Matilda. Oh, I see. And I'm just like, where's the A? Where's the A? Maybe it's just not pronounced in it's French. French. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, they just did a fantastic job in making me care about their relationship. And because you're like, are they going to get back together? And then they do. And you're like, yeah, oh, fuck, he's going to die. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> and, you know, this is the only time we ever see Bond die except yeah for... i was shocked when we were when we saw that in the theater and i was like oh my god they're actually doing this and yeah <laughs> i for a second was like well i don't know maybe he'll maybe we just won't see his body and and maybe he'll come back someday after i don't know healing complete up or incineration and he like, just oh. gets completely destroyed he's like oh no there's no way he's coming back from that 
he's gone forever yeah so that that just yeah that wasn't happening that was something uh easily because i don't usually buy bond movies i only have the daniel craig ones those are the only ones i've actually mm, purchased and i did get no time to die already i got the steelbook uh, mm. 4k it's already out yeah 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 oh, wow. okay <laughs> how's the turn around it, it was enough where i liked it over like i mean i i because of how invested i was i liked it more than like spider-man and the suicide squad which didn't make yeah. it in my top five so that i think says yeah suicide squad was one of my um honorable mentions because I, I wanted to put it on there but it got knocked off by my number five which we'll talk about uh but like i i really wanted to put it on there because i absolutely love i had so Same. much fun with that movie yeah but it's it just didn't quite make the cut uh it for was me only, i think sorry it was only because of my like i was so invested in yeah. daniel craig as james bond because he's the best bond and that's why it works so well for yeah me to get like it up there I think one of the reasons why it got up to number two on my list was just like, it was so entertaining from start to finish. And I saw it twice. There are very few movies that I actually spend the time and money to see in theaters twice, especially if it's a very long movie. And this movie is like two and a half hours long. And so I I saw it with you and then I saw it again, like a few weeks later with, with Chris and it was just as entertaining the second time. And when a movie can do that and keep me entertained for like, five hours total and i'm just like it, you know come out the second time and i'm like this movie is like one of the best movies i've seen all year like that that's why it's so high up on my list and i feel like i probably would have definitely gotten more out of it if i had gone back and watched all the other daniel craig movies leading up to it and like there was even shit in there that i never would have gotten like you you mentioned the uh the call outs to in her majesty's uh, secret service or, or yeah. whatever it's called and I was like, that doesn't ring a bell at all. I've never heard of that one. Uh, and so like, it's so cool that they have like references to not just the Daniel Craig movies, but like other James Bond movies. And they do such a good job of like flipping the script. Like you mentioned in uh, in the other movie, it's like the the woman that he's in love with dies, but they they flipped it in this one where bond is the one that dies but they still have him say the line that like you know we have all the time in the world at one point yeah and so the the respect that they pay to the entire franchise let alone the um the daniel craig movies and the fact that it's so consistently entertaining and again i know that this is a gonna be a constant a consistent praise that i put on a lot of my things on my list but it was very well acted and if like acting can easily ruin a movie if like someone's just like not quite there or whatever and it's just this was so well done and like even from the very beginning when he when daniel craig puts uh madeline on the train and you're just like you see the heartbreak in her eyes and yeah. it's just it broke you in the audience and like it was just very very well done pretty much so but was, uh, uh yeah what's your number five? so my number five again believe it or not Zack Snyder's Justice League. God, I really hoped it was going to be higher because do I, I guess it's, I'll say it now. That's my number one of the I year. I figured it was going to be on your list. <laughs> Yay. But uh, yeah, I. This is definitely one of the most surprising movies of the year for me because I, I expected it to at least make more sense than the Joss Whedon cut of the movie because it's going to be longer. How couldn't it have more explanation? But it was so much more than that. I mean, like 
especially the all the scenes with Ray Fisher cyborg like are I cannot believe that those were cut from the uh, the movie that was actually released to theaters yep. and again when a movie can make me Justice League got me like I still think about the um the the scene with um cyborg at like at the end where he's like I'm not broken and I'm not alone just the way that Ray Fisher delivered that line and like it fits so well like it is a travesty he was cut from that movie and just and the the stuff they added with the flash like I'm not even like a DC fan that much like I it's weird to say that because like i i do really like the batman i do really like the flash although i don't read the flash that often but like there are characters i do like and i at least i've liked the cartoons in the past and i generally like the movies and i want to see the movies do well but warner brothers has kind of dropped the ball recently but this like again it's like a four-hour movie and i was entertained the entire time and i watched this movie twice I somehow, they somehow got me to watch a four hour movie twice and like it. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, there's an easy reason it's my number one. And it's because we've like a bunch of people online fought for this movie to happen. And yeah, that's the thing. Also, it's just the story behind the movie itself is interesting. And like everything, like it started like, you know, we've talked about it multiple times before. There's, you know, every fan base has a toxic portion. And there is, yeah. obviously, for Snyder fans. There, there is, like, a toxic, weird set of them that just... They're like the Joker. It's just a bunch of Jokers that are <laughs> running around. But on the other hand, it probably has one of the best fan bases because you don't see any other fan base really doing crazy, like, charity for, like... This one is very, very big on suicide prevention charity where there's been a lot of money raised for it. An entire, basically, like, organization founded to create, like more uh more for that cause whereas like i think the only the closest thing is probably um like the live action cosplay groups like 501st and stuff that go to hospitals oh yeah mm-hmm. uh, say, yeah the star wars fan base is probably the only one that's like bigger than this but the movie itself like it has so much in it where i've said it before bvs is a mess of a movie it's like it feels like there's five movies in it and that's putting it very nicely i know (laughs) even with ultimate edition it like it makes more sense but you're just kind of like this could have been split up into at least two movies and even then like there's like so many different plot lines that were unnecessary or didn't work together it was one of those things where this and justice league were rushed not because of Zack snyder but just because warner brothers wanted to catch up to marvel so fast that they like pressured into this and went oh we want all this out now so he had to basically work all of these things in from like batman and superman in a single movie when there's only been a superman movie before that to then be attached to where superman dies and then like come in after with justice league and go oh well we're introducing now also cyborg and flash and aquaman in the for, for the first time before like the aquaman movie comes out and you're just kind of like what yeah <laughs> oh shit okay for a movie that does all of that in the span of four hours, he does such a better job 
than he did in BVS because of how much more cohesive it is to the point where I actually really appreciated that it was like part one through six on it because you felt the arcs change and mm-hmm. nothing was really overlapping where you're just kind of like in BVS watching and you're like that witness lady that gets like pushed onto the train. Uh, you're like, when the fuck was this happening? Like, yeah. <laughs> whereas this one is like, you feel the changes going on. Like you're not confused as you're going through it. It all makes sense. It's very cohesive. Like anyone can watch it and understand it, uh, which was like, you know, contrary to the previous movie and all the scenes that made me pissed off, or at least the vast majority of them that I didn't like in Joss Whedon's version were from Joss Whedon. Cause then I look at this and I'm like, either they're edited to a better portion and the missing scene that it was a part of is now there, or it's just cut out completely. And you're like, Oh, that was just some stupid bullshit. They wanted to insert. I can't believe they did that. I do find it really funny that one of the scenes that we were like everyone on the uh, cut of steel was sure was going to be a Joss Whedon uh, idea was Batman saying like my powers I'm rich and that was in the final versions that was (laughs) yeah that was the final version apparently that was always meant to be there it could have been worse like I mean at least it wasn't like the oh god I think I'm bleeding like that was gone and the fucking flash on Diana's breasts was gone yeah among other things but you got we got the black fucking Superman suit, which I yeah, love. That, that is my favorite suit. That that is the best suit. Dude, I'm just shocked that they made Steppenwolf actually intimidating and cool looking, and like kind of a sad villain. Yeah, like he's been like I mean I know they covered it sort of in uh, the Whedon version, but like he looked like desperate to come home in the Snyder cut. It's and been like hundreds it. of years. I want to come back. Yeah. He, it, it made a lot of sense. And then you see dark side and you're like, dude, oh, the right, fact that he just like be... steps on Steppenwolf's head. And when it like flies through the portal and just like crushes it. And you're just like, oh, he didn't give a shit. You could say whatever you want. Dark side is the biggest comic book villain of all time in the history of comics. So the, he was so successful that Marvel made a purple version of him. Yeah, that's how good it was. I kid you not. That is why Thanos is there, dude. How amazing was that scene when they they basically redid the scene in the Whedon cut with like where Steppenwolf first invaded, and it's like this time it was Darkseid. Yeah, and it took like every faction on Earth to fight him. And I love that like they actually included Ares in the fight. Yes, like that. I I said that so long ago that like why wasn't Ares there? He would have still been on the side of all the other gods at that point wouldn't he and, and in terms of, he was i was saying it too like so because someone was like how can he be dark side and i'm like dude okay one it's a young dark side two you have Ares there fueled by literal yeah, the greatest war. war that's ever come to earth he's on fucking steroids like it made perfect sense like you're just trying to be a contrarian if you don't believe this <laughs> and like you even see a little bit more of the green lantern show up and get like slaughtered in yep. It's like, oh god! It like that scene was so much better in the Whedon or in the uh, Snyder cut that I was just like, this is absolutely phenomenal. It this movie was enough where you know I said it before, even before it was coming out. I'm like, we'll decide from there, and like if it does well enough, you know, maybe I would want to be like restore the Snyderverse, and if it doesn't do that well enough, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, fuck it, just try to fix things and do you know Ever salvage then, what you can. Yeah, ever since this movie came out, I see Restore the Snyderverse all the time on Twitter. All the time. All the fucking time. And I say it too. I've, I've literally posted it with our podcast account, like hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. 
release the air cut, all that shit. It makes perfect sense. It would work. They There are some changes you could do, but like that's the whole thing. We'll talk a bit with the Flash movie coming up uh, where everything is going to be confusingly changed um, easily because it's Warner Brothers, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. My number one of the year, your number four. Good times. Yeah, uh, so is your number three then? My number three. Or no, my number four. Wait. That was your number five, right? Oh, yeah, that was my number five. But, my number okay, four. That, that's why I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> my number four is Shang-Chi. Okay, that was my number three. Okay, perfect. All right, so yeah, that that movie, th- this is easily my top Mar- Marvel movie of the year. I know it, it was hard for it to beat Spider-Man, but it did because Spider-Man, uh, you need to have like a nostalgic value for the previous ones. Without it, it doesn't really work for me. Whereas... For Shang-Chi, it's a standalone film. You don't need anything else, and it works on its own, which is why I think it's so well done, is <laughs> it doesn't feel like a Marvel movie to me, I mean, which is why it's a, successful, honestly. You might get a little bit confused when Trevor shows up, but... Oh, yeah, but... But, like, they still have the a scene where um, Shang's dad, like, explains, like, oh, yeah, this guy, like tried to steal my identity and he even took the name of 10 rings. And I, I had to like teach him a lesson or whatever he said. So like they do kind of cover it. So yeah, you, I guess you don't need to see it. It's just, it would make more sense, I guess. You have to watch know. Iron Man three for directing by Shane Black. Um, I don't think anyone needs to see Iron Man three. I personally, like I said, I personally like that movie, but that's just me. Like it's Shane fine. Black. It's just not the best. Yeah. This movie at least did a lot of awesome culturally like culturally like i guess realistic shit in terms of like making uh all the chinese stuff make sense perfectly and i for one like normally you know i've said it before i've always been against like the chinese um kind of push into hollywood where they're changing things via censorship or altering stories and whatnot and we've seen it in movies easily or in the posters they have over there. Hey, look, where'd Finn go in Star Wars? He's yeah. Gone. So this movie, though, is like the weird opposite. Because it's like, oh, this is actually like really Chinese and all this stuff. So I'm like, oh, cool. The weird thing, too, is I think it's much more popular for Chinese Americans than it is for the actual like natural uh, China. Interesting. Because I guess uh, the actor Simon, uh, is it Simon, Simon Liu? Liu? Simon Liu. He doesn't fit, I guess, their attractive scale or whatever for how like Chinese would look in China. Huh. Whereas, you know, here we're like, yeah, dude, you're fucking awesome. You did a great job. Yeah. That's what I've heard, at least. I could be wrong, but I think that's what I've heard. I'm just like, that, that fucking doesn't make any sense. Uh, all the characters are really well done. Uh, you have another villain that actually feels like a villain that's good because... A villain that's good is a villain you do care about at the same time, or you hate a lot because of what they've done. Not because you think they, they're a shitty villain, but because they've done enough where you are so invested that you hate them, or you're so invested that you can appreciate them or really do like them, and you feel bad that they die. And in this case, Tony Leung's version of this character, who's like the master, because I don't think they actually call him the Mandarin, uh, he makes you feel bad when he dies like you see all the past and you see like this whole time he's just being tricked yeah well he that's the thing he's not really the main villain the main nope, villain it's a, is it's really the giant uh, dragon thing yeah that's a that's demon. probably my biggest complaint about the movie is just that like that final big bad guy kind of 
literally comes out of nowhere. Not maybe not literally, but it kind of comes out of nowhere, like plot wise. It's yeah. just like here's a big giant monster for uh for Shang-Chi to fight at the end. Okay. But yeah, uh, everything else though, like so it got up to the n- number three for me just because like like you said, it you don't need to really see anything else to enjoy this movie. It's fun, it's a lot of fun all on its own. And just like this is Marvel's attempt at a kung fu movie. And I think they did a pretty good job for their the choreography first is the best Marvel choreography. It's so well choreographed. choreographed. The, the fight scenes yeah. are so entertaining to watch. And not even the ones that are like super CG heavy that involve the rings and everything. Just like even just the uh the scaffolding fight between in, even before that the bus fight is like super cool granted that got a little cg-ish but like uh, but like the um uh the scaffolding fight is yeah. just like so cool and so well choreographed and it's like there's i mean i'm sure there's effects all over the place to make sure that no one's like hurting themselves and stuff but it's just like it looked so grounded that it was easy to get invested in like well, maybe Shang might not get out of this one like without a scratch or whatever. And then like, yeah, like the realizations later on where things were like before the final fight, he's talking to um, his friend and he's just like, I'm not the person you think I am. Like when my father sent me to kill that person as like a, a test when I was like 12 or whatever, I did it. I killed that person. I am, I am a murderer. And it's just like, it, it makes you go like, oh, oh shit. That yeah, like shit. And then you, you they put actually it in perspective it. with the rest of the Marvel movies, and you're like, wait, no, everyone is. They're all fucking murderers except for Spider-Man. Yeah, but it's like it's a little <laughs> bit different when you're like a child murderer. I know, yeah. Or not like a murderer of child. It's but a little like bit different you're... when you're a child where <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like I don't know. It's it's like it hits different when you've been like tricked, I guess, for lack of a better word, to be a murderer from such a young yeah. age. Like, and it was his father that did that to him. Yep. And like I don't know. Like, it's a very good personal story. Like you're invested in like what happened with him and his family. And like, when you find out like his sister is running this underground fighting ring, you, you find out she did it just, just cause like no one in like the original clan would let her do anything. Cause she's like a girl. Yeah. So she's just like, yeah. So I just like watched them and learned how they, what they do, but did it better. And then I made my own business. It was just like, damn, she's actually badass. So what was your number four? My number four, how do I keep closing that? Was actually Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, okay. I like, I've been saying this about the Matrix for the last few days that like, I always worry whenever there's like a series that had a definitive end or just like, whenever a studio brings back a movie, a series after many, many years and it's just, it seems like just for cash grab purposes and not like they actually have a point to tell. Yeah. I always get very worried. And so that I was like, I mean, for different reasons about the, the Paul Feig Ghostbusters movie. Cause I was just like, even from the first trailer, I was like, I don't think this is it. <laughs> you listen it fam. Yeah. But then uh, in Ghostbusters afterlife, I was a little bit more like, I want to say cautiously optimistic. Cause it was like it's new characters, but they still acknowledge that the previous movies existed. And I don't know. I was just like, I was hoping like, well, maybe this one might be better, at least hoping it's not bad. 
And yeah. we went to go see it at the Alamo and we both actually really, really enjoyed it. It was and, quite good. And maybe that's just like a lot of nostalgia talking because I, I absolutely love the first Ghostbusters. I'm even one of those people that like I was surprised when people when I found out that people don't really like Ghostbusters 2 as much because I was just like, what are you talking about? That one's great, too. I mean, that I think that's why this movie did so well is because it connected so naturally yeah. with the it, other two movies where it does feel like a third film. That's really, I think, where it hit for me. It was like they bring back Gozer and like all these things and they actually explain like what the whole point of this specific town is. Yeah. And like to make it be like, this is the town where that building in New York got like it's like channeling rods to even be like a spiritual center. Like, and it's a thing that you would never even think about in the first movie of just like, well, where did he even get all that stuff? Like, yeah, you're just like ghosts. Oh, yeah, just like, oh, okay. He built, he built this building weird. Interesting. But it's, it's just cool that they, the writers for Ghostbusters Afterlife were able to take this one random little throwaway detail and be like, no, but that would have had to come from somewhere. And like they built a whole town around it. Like I thought it was super cool. And just like Paul Rudd, I absolutely love that guy. He was so funny. And like uh Finn Wolfhard as like the teen who like doesn't want to be there and he's just kind of like <laughs> trying to make the best out of it. Like he's super funny. And like, oh, I forget the name of the the girl who played um uh, the daughter. Yeah, the uh the daughter who's like Egon's granddaughter. Like she was so good in this movie. Like I love I think there was her. McKenna Grace. Right. And like I loved like her terrible jokes, her terrible science jokes. <laughs> like even the dark ones were just like, what do you call a dead polar bear? Whatever you want, it's dead. It can't hear you anymore. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I I loved all the new characters that they introduced in this movie. And the fact that they actually were able to make another Ghostbusters movie that fits into the original lore creatively and is not like, it didn't feel like a cash grab. They, it felt like they actually put some effort into making it a good Ghostbusters movie. It's probably the best, no, it, it feels like the best like love infused, yeah, like reboot sequel type thing easily. I think, it was so fun compared to everything else <laughs> compared to especially the matrix we'll talk both about them in an episode soon Eventually, so that, they'll yeah. probably be the ex- next episode probably but all right uh my number three was the wes anderson film the french dispatch that oh, i missed that one another fantastic like uh wes anderson movie this one is really great with the like multiple arcs where it's like three different stories are going on. And then you have like the overarching like news story uh, with like Bill Murray, who <laughs> like things happen. I'm not going to say, but they do well enough where I want to say the first and the third story were probably my favorite, but the reason Wes Anderson does such a good job each time is because he'll, if it's not, he'll do like something that is just so obscene. You'd never think about it. You, you never crosses your mind. Like, Oh, what if this happened? It just happens. And you're just awestruck. You're like, Oh my God, they just did that. There's a car chase in the third act that I was, I think it's the hardest I've laughed in a, like if to a movie in years, 
it was so good the way they pulled off. I don't want to say what happens, but you just think about it and you're like, could you have ever like thought about this in your head? Would this ever hit your imagination? And even my imagination can get really stupid. And I'm like, I would never have thought of this in my life, but they did it. And I can't believe they did it. And I love that they did it because it's just so fucking good. Uh, the acting with it, of course, is great. It's just, you you have to always imagine for specifically a Wes Anderson movie, how hard is it for these guys to break character? Because they do such a good job and you're just imagining like with what they're saying, how awkward everything probably feels or like little emotion. Because when he's doing all this stuff, it feels like they're all pretty much like plain face. They're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, do this, blah, blah, blah. Like nothing, no one's really ever smiling for the most part. They're just always just looking at you with a standard neutral face. Everything is completely neutral. And yet through that neutrality comes a whole flourish of comedy and deep writing that works so well because everything just, it's not like some stupid thing where it's like, oh, then this happens and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it works so consistently where it actually continues to progress the story even through the ridiculousness that occurs within that film. This is just another gem that he's done. And I haven't watched all his movies, but it just reminds me like there are directors I really want to go through and watch their entire filmography. He is easily one of the main three guys I need to go and just like disperse through and just like watch everything and honestly rewatch everything I've already seen because of just how good it is. But French Dispatch with I'm like I'm doing without spoilers, like so fucking good. I'm so glad this movie came out and I'm so glad I watched it and I can't wait for his next movie. Like that's why it's number three for me easily. Yeah. I missed that movie when it was in theaters and I, I heard like nothing but good things about it. So it's definitely on my list to watch when it comes out on streaming somewhere. What was your number it three? might. <laughs> sure. uh, we actually already went through my number three and two because we already talked about Shang-Chi at number oh, three right, right. Okay. and uh, No Time to Die was my number two. Okay. Then my number two is, let's, I wonder if this is your number one. This one isn't live action. It's anime. My number one is the Demon Slayer movie, Mugen uh, Train. I could see that. That is my number two movie. I was shocked by how amazing. Like, all right. I didn't put Demon Slayer season one on there because it came out, you know, it came out like 2019, I want to say. But uh, it was so good. If it came out this year, it would have easily been my number one show of the year. Without a doubt. Mugen Train, the movie... I saw right after I finished the show, like I, it was kind of like fate. I want to say it was like, I watched the show and then I found out about the movie and they're like, Oh dude, it's just going into theaters right now. And I'm like, wasn't that serendipitous and theaters were just opening again. Like this is like, I watched Godzilla versus Kong in March and it was a very, it was, I was risking a lot going to do that because I don't think vaccinations were like fully, I didn't get vaccinated. I I remember at the time, I think you had your first shot, but not your second. Yeah. So, but I was like, I need to watch this fucking movie, which is why I bought 81 seats to myself or nine seats, but it, it made an 81 seat grid for me, just me and like two friends. That's how fucking crazy I was for this. But uh, I went to the theater for the first time, I think in like one or two days, I saw Army of the Dead in theaters for because it was like limited showing besides being on Netflix and then Mugen Train. That was my first real time like being like oh we're back at the movies because like right after that black widow came out and everyone saw that and like everything else we started going back to the almo and everything else so like theaters were actually happening again for the most part like i was going to century theaters and stuff but mugen train 
one, the anime is beautiful. The animation is phenomenal, but the film itself, you're continuing this entire, like it's an, it's a whole arc in the manga, manga, manga. And they put it into a two hour film. And it's amazing. You go through everything, like to the point where they made it a, uh, they made an entire like seven episode arc with a, with a, standalone like prologue episode that like yeah. isn't shown i can, in the I can movie. see that two and a half hours like half hour chunks each i was so tempted to put this as my number one show of the year for the mugen train arc port like when it was broken up into episodes but i didn't I think, want to do it with that and the movie so that's yeah, the only I think, reason i think that's why the mugen train movie didn't really like register for me um to put on the list because it's mm. like it doesn't feel like a movie necessarily it just feels like a it's, it literally is an arc from what sh- would it be the show? Like if they didn't yeah. make a movie out of it, it would have just been the next like seven or so episodes of the show. So it, it didn't feel like a, it's weird to say standalone movie because also Marvel movies aren't necessarily standalone, but like they, it, it didn't feel like a movie that's like its own self-contained story, kind of like the Dragon Ball movies yeah. where like those are literally meant to just be like, if you're a fan of Dragon Ball, you can watch this movie and it's like unconnected to anything necessarily. Uh, this was like, if you don't watch this, you're not going to understand where season two starts. Now, uh, this had a character that they really just introduced. You see him briefly in the first season, but introduces yeah. to you Rengoku, who is the flame Hashira. I was surprised that he actually died by the end. Because we, like, we had just met him. You really only know him in this movie. By the end of the movie, I'm in tears. I'm in actual tears. And I'm like, how did this happen to where I got this invested that quickly? And well, I just like, I think what really got me about that guy specifically was that he like, he knew he was going to die. He knew he was like mortally wounded. And he's like, I'm just going to hold on to this demon as hard as I can for as long as I can. And eventually the sun will come up and eventually I'll win. And Sadly, that doesn't happen, but he puts the fear of fucking God in that demon. And also, <laughs> like that demon was actually just like, why won't he let go? I need to yeah, get away. Yeah, he's the like the number three. Up. And like in terms of like all the demons, he's basically the fourth most powerful demon in the world. And Rengoku also, like they show his past in between things. Like they kind of give you the snippets and all that is needed are those little snippets. Because then like when everything happens, you feel everything i think that's why this show and this movie do such a good job is because it's a master of storytelling and when to Mm -hmm. insert history into the characters and like flesh them out more and tell you more about them because in the beginning you know he's this dude that's making you laugh a lot and then by the end of it he's he's just eating box lunches going like delicious delicious yeah and then you find out about his mom and like you barely know anything about them like there's no like full-on like oh you're gonna get a series of like how he grew up or anything it's just like here's this oh, that's enough. That is more than enough. You did everything you needed to do to really make you feel like horrible. Uh, and with like the new second season, it always starts off now. Like the intro has the the um, the hilt portion of his sword, the flame portion mm. that uh, Tanjiro has. And it reminds you every episode of what happened right when it starts. And you're like, fuck. And you always think like, how often is Tanjiro going to think about this guy? Because that's all I think about half the time now too, because you show me that in the goddamn intro and it makes yeah. my mind flash into it. 
everything about it was so good to the point where, like I said before, I'm I'm not a good cosplayer or anything. I do it whenever I can, but I'm not someone that would be good enough to have a fan account or anything close to that. Plus, I don't make mountain shit. I can't. I don't have time for that. Uh, you need I, a whole craft room for that. He is the first anime character I've ever wanted to cosplay as because usually I do like live action stuff, Batman, whatever, or I want to. But Rengo- I'm like, I want to do a fucking Rengoku cosplay now. Like he was that amazing into it. And he was one of my now, he's from a character that's only in like a two hour thing. He is already up there as like one of my favorite characters. Not of all, t- like of all time. Like I don't know where, because it could be like my top 100 characters of all time, but he's somewhere over there because of how much good stuff they did in just short, such a short time. And I think that's the biggest achievement of this movie. I think what's also really cleverly done is that they like early on in the movie and granted the whole series does this really well, where like you see like how far Tanjiro has come and how far he needs to go. Yeah. In terms of strength. And so he's like doing everything he can to fight these like lesser demons on the train at some point. And Ren Goku shows up and he just like wastes these demons, no problem. And you're like, oh my God, this guy is so much more powerful than uh, Tenjiro is. And then they take out the like the lower eye guy. Um, I forget which number he was, but like the lower, oh, lower one. Lower one, right? Because he was the only one left of the lowers. And then like the whatever the the higher demon shows up and he's just like destroying Rengoku and so you can see like dude this this guy Rengoku is so much stronger than Tanjiro and he's getting destroyed by this other demon like there's no way the Tanjiro could ever fight this guy right now yeah and so you he all you can all he can do is just watch helplessly off on the side and just like hope that Rengoku gets out of it and he doesn't and it's just like it's heartbreaking for Tanjiro and it's I don't know. It's just so such a good way of just like showing power levels in this show without like Dragon Ball Z is like his the scouter says his number is this or whatever. Yeah, it's great. Uh, not to uh, make fun of Dragon Ball. It's a fun show, but it's no. just like it's not exactly the most intelligent. <laughs> that's my number two. And we've already said my number one and your number two. Uh, you can probably one? guess what number oh, one is. Spider-Man. No, it's oh. Spider-Man. <laughs> and I uh, we just talked to, about the sweats, so that's not, the not that's, the, I don't want to go crazy. into it for too long. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the things we mentioned in the last episode where we did talk about Spider-Man was just that like it was hard for me to rate this personally because it like it worked perfectly for me because it played into all of my Sp- Spider-Man movie nostalgia over the years. So it worked perfectly. I really thought you were gonna say it played all into your spider senses or something. No. I was like, God damn it. Uh <laughs> but I was I also was like I'm aware if I hadn't watched it in any of these other Spider-Man movies if I hadn't if I didn't have that like nostalgia this movie would just be like still good but like not like it wouldn't hit those like heartstrings or whatever yeah uh so I guess when I was looking at this list I was just like well which movie did I enjoy the most at at the end of the year like what what did I have the most fun with Yeah, for sure. 
And if you want to hear us talk about it for like two hours, yeah, it's, it's we have a whole episode about it. Just the last episode. Check out the last episode. But that one's audio only. So you got to go on, uh, if you're listening on, watching on, listening on YouTube, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, yeah, just check out any podcast platform and you'll find it there uh, with the other 130 episodes as well that are over there too. Uh, but that's all of the movies. So, so far, all right, top shows are, or my top show was uh, Arcane. Yours, what, what was yours again? What we do in the shadows. Gotcha. Uh, your top movie was Spider-Man No Way Home. Mine was Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's Justice League. And then top games, uh, you can go first for this one because I only had, well, actually I have, I do have five. I forgot. I thought I had four. Uh, but I think we have the, the same number five, I want to say, probably. Uh, my number five and I, I wrestled back and forth. I, I originally had, which we also Evil. did a big episode on this one too, just like yeah. 130. So we just also like, I originally it. had resident evil Two remake on here, but I forgot about another thing and I had to make, I had to make my list or, or switch out my list a bit, but my, my number five ended up being halo infinite. Same. Yeah. just like, we, we had our issues with the story and, but like just gameplay alone, this is one of the most fun games I played all year. Yeah. Like not even talking about the multiplayer, which like the, the multiplayer is extremely fun for me. Like I, I had my issues with it when I first started playing the beta, but like the more I got used to the, the controls and like the balance for the different weapons, at least currently, like it's a very fun, solid multiplayer that I could see myself coming back to every once in a while for a while. But like the campaign with all, all the abilities that you have, like in the multiplayer, you can only have one at a time. But when you give me that grapple hook, like forever, that is, I don't know. I just had so much fun just exploring Zeta Halo and like taking out the different like bases and stuff like that. It was just very fun to play. Yeah. Gameplay was phenomenal for it. Uh, Story had a lot to be desired easily because they just keep, that's a, watch the episode. Uh, Level design will either be really, could be good or really bad depending on uh, if they really steal see with new stuff, but otherwise like looking at it more mm-hmm. uh, besides the open world stuff, when you're going into everything, it's just press button, go down elevator. And that's like, yeah. the entirety. and I was like, Oh, that's shit, now that I know this makes it worse, but still very fun game. Um, it has a lot of replay value easily. Um, so at least that's why it's number five, but we just also talked about it. So I got nothing else to really say about it. Same. Yeah. We have like another two, almost two hour episode on just Halo. What's your number four? My number four, which knocked off Resident Evil 2 remake. Cause I, I did have a lot of fun with that. Returnal. Mm. Like I am a pretty big housemark fan. Like I have been a fan of theirs since like one of the first downloadable games I was able to buy on PlayStation 3. Was, was like Star- Super Stardust? Stardust Ultra and, or Super Stardust. Ultra. I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it was one yeah, of the Stardust. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was a very fun arcade game. I had a lot of fun with it. And then years later, when the PS4 came out, one of the free launch titles, at least if you have PlayStation Plus, was Resogun. And I played the shit out of Resogun. Like, I I guess the long story short for this is just like Housemark is one of the best arcade uh, game makers that I can think of in a long time. Like, I have so much fun playing their games. And usually I need like a story or something to keep me going, but I I just had so much fun just playing their games. So when they announced that they were like done making arcade style games because they just weren't selling, I got super nervous because I was like, shit, is Housemark going to lose their like, like 
signature sauce, I guess, like the, the thing that they're good at, like they're, they're not going to do it anymore. Like what's their next game even going to be like? And then we saw Returnal and I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's got this like interesting, creepy, like alien world effect to it. It's got a lot of like eldritch horror looking enemies. And like, so at least thematically I was into it. And I started playing it when I got it. And I was like, oh no, this is a housemark game. Cause it still feels like an arcade game with like the your dash ability letting you fly through enemy bullets and just it's still a bullet hell in, in many ways. It's just a third-person shooter bullet hell. And it's just it's so challenging and fun to play, just interesting to uncover the secrets of this world. And I love that like the idea that Celine like the main character has been going through this loop for way longer than like, I don't know. It's hard to describe because like you definitely see her supposedly first crash land on the planet. Yeah. But there are like uh, audio logs left by previous versions of her that have like gone insane because they've been there for so long and it's creepy. And you're like, how long has she actually been here? Like, are these just alternate versions of her or are these from long ago and she's just literally forgotten that she even recorded it? Like it was just such an interesting mystery. I will have to put the caveat that I, I have not actually finished the last biome yet. I, I put it down a while ago and I just never got back to it. Mm. But even still, it's just, it is so fun to play. The atmosphere is so good. The audio design is amazing. Like it, it was literally one of the first games that like, I, I actually bought one of those uh, Sony 3D headsets or 3D audio headsets because they said that that was going to be one of the selling points of the PlayStation 5 was the uh, three-dimensional audio just like baked into the system. And there was a moment early on where I saw an enemy bullet like fly from like diagonal down below me and fly like back over behind my head and above me. And I could hear the bullet travel around me. I was just like, holy shit, this is cool. That's awesome. So it's so immersive and just it's... It is hard to recommend to everyone just because the roguelike elements of it, it's it's very challenging and it can be very frustrating to die over and over and occasionally feel like you're not making any um, progress. But I don't know. There's just something special about that game. And I'm just really glad that Housemark is able to just like not just keep making the same kind of game that they're good at but do it and like evolve it into a different genre almost, but it's like still feels the same and it feels like a housemark game and even more glad that Sony was able to snatch them up as like a a first party party studio studio now. So, so now hopefully they could just keep doing what they're good at and not even worry about where's their money coming from. Definitely. My number four was age of empires four. The new, uh, uh, yeah. of course, you know. I, you know what the funny thing you're is, you're a huge I'm, fan of this series, and you, you've been fan. looking forward to this one for a long time. The funny thing though is, I barely played it. I've only played, I want to say, like two hours. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I was like enough where I was like sold, so, fucking sold. Yeah, because there, I, it's just been crazy with the. I, I finally started playing it, but it was around the time where, like, you know, all the 30th anniversary Destiny stuff came out, and there's like the holiday stuff now for it too and then there was like hunt holiday stuff so it, it's been crazy i uh, i love that it, i didn't i wasn't sure how i was going to feel considering the fact that we've already done like the medieval era and yeah. they basically brought it back to the era of the second game 
but now it's a lot more there's a lot more like all the civilizations have a lot more uniqueness to them like mongolian ones actually nomadic you can move buildings around uh that's cool yeah because like all tents and stuff the fact that you can put troops on the ramparts of walls now is such a big thing when i saw that and i was like oh shit and because it feels more like there's a lot more possibilities in terms of combat when you have your units come out like you can actually do it to where normally i was always a person where you have the walls and you have your archers behind the walls because it doesn't really matter as long as there's range it doesn't make a difference any of their towers and if there's a siege you can take them out unless there's like trebuchets if there are then you send your cavalry out to take out like the siege units and whatnot and then bring them back fast this game makes it so now you actually want to if you have walls you want to put your you want to put like a contingent of troops out in front of your walls now where it's like the battle is outside of your kingdom potentially it's such a cool idea it's just like i don't know everything about it it's just so fucking cool i think it's 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 so interesting the way they they really pulled this off and i haven't played much of it because also i felt weird at the same time i was trying to there since they've come out with so much of age of empires 2 expansions after it originally came out to where there's like three or four I haven't actually played yet or five actually. And there's new stuff for three. I want to play all that. I'm like, so now there's three age of empires games I want to play. And I don't know which one I want to play first. Or like if I want to just keep rotating through them, like now it's just confusing to me because hmm. I just want to play all of them now. And I'm just like, Oh my God, play Halo destiny and hunt. It's fucking just racking my mind a bit um but for what it has i'm already know i already know it, it's going to be everything i want it to be so there's gonna be a lot more i'm going to talk about it i'm going to probably dedicate a good part of an episode to it at a certain point but that's going to be when i've already like pretty much like done everything so that's going to be a good time for sure uh what's your number three my number three or wait, again, did you do your, yeah, you did your four. Yeah. yeah. What's your so my number three, and again, this list is like partially things that didn't come out this year. It's just things that I ended up playing and finishing this year. Yeah. Well, I guess not finishing. Cause I literally just said I didn't finish Returnal, but Persona five, mm. like I've played this game on and off for like a while. And I, I keep like starting and then forgetting where I was and restarting. And which is kind of a hassle because I mean, by the time I finished this game, it was like 120 hours. I, I think it was. Uh, I think that's what my game clock was. But dude, it's one of the best JRPGs I've played in a long time. Like the, I know the Persona series is already popular. So like they don't really need me to sell anyone on their games necessarily. But it's just like it's also kind of hard to sell people on it because it's like when you describe it, you it's play as like what it's pretty dense right like it's very well, that's the thing it's like, like you you play as like a japanese high school student and in like in each game the reasoning is different but like you at at the end of the day go and like fight demons in like another world somewhere yeah and that's I mean, there was a, re- a backlog special where a good a, a, there was a fat chunk of it where it's just you talking yeah. about it. so yeah that's the thing i don't really need to go into it for too long but it's just like if anyone listening to this or watching this now I keep forgetting is uh, a fan of JRPGs at all. Like this game is a very, very fun JRPG and it's just, it does such a good job. Like 
I think that the main thing that I enjoy it for the most strangely isn't even like the battle mechanics or like even the main plot necessarily. It's just like each persona game. And this one does it very well too, is very good at giving you like a cast of side characters that all have their own individual like stories and stuff. And they give you reasons throughout the year to like talk to people and spend time with them and learn about their story and help them with their problems. And it's like, the only other game I can think of that's ever gotten me to care about like the, all the side characters as much is like Mass Effect 2 that actually got me to like care about doing all the side character stuff and learning about them. And in Persona 5, it's just like normal people around town. Like one of the ones you help is like some random kid who's just good at like arcade games who teaches you how to shoot things better. And it's like, it also does a really good job of just weaving in like when you help people in the real life, it gives your like, rpg side of the game like bonus stats or whatever like for instance for helping that kid in the arcade it gives you better like like special moves for using your gun in combat so so you're actually given like gameplay incentives to bother with all this social aspect stuff and like not everyone's going to be really into the social uh, part of the game. Not everyone's into turn-based RPGs. I, I know you're not like the biggest turn-based RPG fan. And like a lot, like for Brandon, he was turned off immediately by just like the art, the anime style, like just the way characters talk and interact with each other. Yeah. But like for me, I just had so much fun with it to the point where I literally, <laughs> I know I already spent 120 hours at least just finishing it once. I want to do it again because I bought Persona 5 Royale because it was oh, on, right. yeah, yeah. It was on sale like finally for like 15 or so uh, so bucks. And I was like, I've been on the fence about buying it so many times that at this point I'm like, I'll get to it someday. Now I actually have it. I have Must a reason. Now to- add 150 more hours to time. That's the thing. The Persona 5 Royale is even longer because they added like a whole semester. Have fun. Yeah, I will. It's probably. I know. <laughs> uh, my number three is kind of like a, of course, it's here. Uh, year four of Destiny 2, including Beyond Light. It was hard uh, for me to, I, I left Destiny off my list because I was like, I'm always playing this though. I was trying, that, that's the thing. I was like, because I said like, do whatever you want. Like if you want to do other games from other years and stuff. Yeah. For, I was trying so hard to keep it to, the, to this year. And uh, that's why I put this in there because I'm like, fuck, I didn't play anything. I forgot to play Deathloop and Returnal and shit. So I'm like, yeah. oh my God. But did a great job. Uh, I really have been enjoying postseason of the hunt, like uh, from season of uh, The Chosen and on, has been just a lot better storytelling for them in game. Like they're really yeah. doing a I lot agree. of better job of incorporating that and having cool missions like Passage. So for sure that makes it into the number three for me and i think also just for the sheer fact that of all the games you know i'm putting the most time into this so it should (laughs) i guess it should be on here i don't know uh i know you've you know fallen off a bit where you're always you're playing a little bit of catch up just to finish the whatever it is before the season ends that's the thing and i'm I'm gonna end up doing that for the next few weeks (laughs) like at least until uh which there was such a fat amount of time and you're somehow like gonna I think be it's, actually rushing because you ran out of time which i think thing. is hilarious i think it's because i had such a huge amount of time that i was like oh i have so much time i can get to it whenever i'll just play some other things for now <laughs> now i'm like oh no there's like a month until witch queen comes out oh god yeah 
good luck again have fun with that and your persona fucking 150 hours shit i probably won't get that to that for a while but i'm just like i like knowing that i have it now i know uh what's your number three my number three was where's no my number three was persona so my number five oh right right right. yeah four two 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 two. yeah i don't know why i did whatever my number two was ratchet and clank rift apart Mm, that was my number one Really? Yes. And my number my number one was again something that like technically didn't come out this year, but I I ended up playing this year. I'm enjoying. not surprised. Um, like you would do this. Actually, no. Technically, the version I played did come out this year. So. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah about. Okay. <laughs> uh, but oh god, it, we literally just said it. What? what? Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's just like again every character was fun to watch. Like I even loved the new characters, like Rivet and even Kit. Like I loved Kit. Kit was great. And like some of the weapons were a little samey, but they were they were all still like it wasn't necessarily samey in terms of like how they looked, but it was just how they like there's a bunch of different types of grenade things. Oh yeah. And and like the the Mr. Mushroom thing is like essentially the same as the Mauser, like the little uh whatever the Doom bots are called. Like there's Mr. a lot Zircon. of cross or yeah. there there is the Doom bots though, the ones that like chomp and shit. Yeah. yeah. And like, so there's a lot of like crossover in weapon types, but there's just like such a huge amount of weapons anyway that I don't know. I just, I had a lot of fun messing around with all the different things and like even playing around getting their upgrades and stuff. Um, I mean, the collectibles weren't, there weren't too many collectibles, so it didn't take me too long to get them all. The only thing that annoyed me was like the one thing that's not put on your map is those teddy bears. And I, I don't know why they did that, but uh and just like graphical qu- uh, quality like this game just i could not stop looking at this game during the cutscenes and just going like damn how did they make it look this good and this is yeah. gameplay this isn't like a pre-rendered cutscene. and yeah i just i had so much fun with it yeah and it was uh i, I was trying to find it it's uh if you want to find out like our full talk about that game it was uh, episode 104 yeah uh but I loved it because you know it's it's a it's a crazy fact that it's so good for a game of all ages, but this game is the closest and only thing we're getting right now, besides maybe Returnal to like the sheer power of the PS5, where yeah. you're rifting through worlds and that's something you couldn't do on a PlayStation 4. That's why it's not on PS4. It was really impressive, especially for that one level where you literally just like hit a crystal and it like completely changes the level instantly. Yeah, and it, that's the cool thing. It's like instant it's it's show it's a sheer thing of just showing like instead of loading between levels, you're just like whoosh, right here, already there. Like you're there. It's like you're in the next fucking area. It's a completely different layout. The loading is just like sheer speed and the fact that it's like done where you're just running through a little portal is so cool. The uh, characters, like we said, so good. They're continuous. And I really appreciate that they're continuing the story from all the previous games, because like the last one was like a, a reimagining of the original game. Yeah. It was like based off the movie and it's kind of like its own one shot where it doesn't really exist with the other games. It's just like a fun thing, but this one just shows like, Oh, there's more to story to tell. And it's great because you don't have to necessarily have multiple games every console generation. Like they can wait, they have time. It's just at least like it's good to see like you're getting at least one Ratchet and Clank per console yeah. generation. And the humor in this, this is why this game is so good. 
it's humor for all ages that is actually funny and enjoyable and puts a smile on your face compared to like something that's like Borderlands and it's like I'm a poop butch and you're like what the yeah. f- <laughs> fucking shit are you talking about like I don't this game is stupid <laughs> you're like Ratchet and Clank you're like oh you know there's a fucking Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. Disneyland oh, ride God, that was so broken funny. down and you're like this is amazing well I love when like Ratchet sees the other universe's version of Rusty Pete and he's like Rusty Pete? And he's like he's a like, French guy. He's like, how dare you call me Rusty? My name is Pierre. So good. Yeah, that that that's usually it's my game of the year. Um, and so far, uh, like I said, I've, I haven't played Deathloop, I haven't played Returnal. There's other games I haven't touched, like Resident Evil 8, and I still have to play. Yeah, I haven't I, played I, Re- uh, Resident Evil 8. Yeah, and like one, in, and I'm skipping zero, and I'm going to start with two. So that's kind of where I'm at with Resident Evil. I don't know what I'm doing that. Better come to PlayStation Plus, and I'll right. get faster. So what was your number two then? Uh, my number two was Hunt Showdown. Ooh, right. Yeah, so that's my first time playing it. And it came out a while ago. That's the thing. It was in early access and then eventually came out. And all of a sudden now it's just, I played it this year. It is fantastic. It is a very sound oriented uh, Royale type game. Because the thing about this game is it's not like other Royale games, which I'm sure they all try to say that. But this one actually isn't because you're in a world of like zombies and different types of monsters and stuff. And you're going after one or two really big ones that are in this map. And the map doesn't go away. Like there's like 50 minutes on the clock. So you have plenty of time. Uh, If you're trying to like kill these monsters and get the bounties from them. And then if if like the teams with the bounties leave, then you have like five minutes to leave. But you know, you have time to get out alive. That's the thing. It's not like last man standing or anything like that. Uh, you're usually in like a team of two to three people and you're fighting all these zombies, all these monsters while potentially fighting. Like if it's a team of three, there's three other teams. So it's like four teams, four teams of three or like five or six teams at two. And it gets crazy. Like you could be in a gunfight shooting the boss and another team runs in. Now the boss is trying to kill both of your teams. Well, you're trying to kill them and they're trying to kill you and also trying to kill the boss. And you're like trying to do all this shit. It's it's so crazy, but also the sound orientation into this game is amazing because there's a lot of sound cues where like you can alert crows or ducks or kennels that have like dogs or chickens and uh, step on branches and make sounds with the water or even your sprinting makes sounds. So it's like very much like radius sound oriented where everything you do from attacks will alert your position to where potentially you could be or what direction you're coming from to the other teams. So maybe they want to ambush you. They want to stay away from you, all that kind of thing. And it is so good to where I've been playing it. Like there was a winter event. I was, I've been playing it. Like there is a couple times in the last two weeks where I pretty much dedicated like an entire day to just playing it with friends. And like they would leave and more friends would get on. So I'd be <laughs> stuck. there still playing. If they all left then I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to stop playing. I'm not doing this solo. But I kept going and going and going like, oh, yeah, I could still play. And my eyes by the end of it are like, there's some pain going on now. And I'm like, oh, right. I bought these Gunnar glasses for a reason that are supposed to help my eyes when I'm playing. Uh, they're not like prescription or anything, but that's like the closest. Just like the I've, blue light glasses. Yeah, the closest I've ever come to wearing glasses besides like shades. So really fucking great game. I might even play it after this. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, that's everything because... You're, we already said my number one. So what's your number one? Yeah. My number one, if people could get the clues up until now, I don't know, there weren't too many. 
uh final fantasy 7 integrate i expected uh, that remake integrate whatever the that's such a weird title i don't know why they went with integrate i know it's like a mix of like intermission and upgrade did you already finish it so i finished the main game i never got back to finishing the yuffie dlc which it's like i'm enjoying it so far but it's like i got caught up in doing the fort condor like side Mm. mission um like it's like a mini game it's kind of like i've heard it's like clash royale or or whatever where it's like kind of an auto chess game it's fun but like I got to one of the later like matchups that is just like so difficult and I like, I don't want to deal with it. So I was like, I'll get back to this later. <laughs> and I know I could just like do chapter select later on, like, cause they're pretty um, lenient about that where it's like, mm-hmm. you could, even when you finish the game, you could do chapter select and just go back to previous chapters with all your like upgrades and levels and everything. So I could just go back when I have better shit anyway uh but also the yuffie stuff is just like it's literally like an inner intermission type thing like it takes place during the same time as final fantasy 7 uh part one so it doesn't i don't think it really covers anything new so i i shouldn't really say because like i said i haven't finished the yuffie part but at least for like the main the base game that came out a couple years ago but like the the integrated no, yeah. like the ps5 version just came out this year and so I'm, I'm glad i waited to play it until like that came out because i mean it already looked really good on ps4 but on ps5 it just like the lighting is so good it like i even i actually played it in like high frame rate mode because the the difference is like you lose a little bit of resolution but i sit like far enough back from my tv anyway that i was just like i'll never notice uh and at like a super high frame rate well it was like 60 frames it looks so good and just like i think one of the things i appreciate most is that like there wasn't a lot of detail on the characters back on the playstation one like yeah. they're pretty blocky looking so it's like your imagination had to do a lot of the work in and you you had a little bit of help with like in menus you had like artwork of characters faces so you you had a more detailed version of what they're supposed to look like, but still a lot of it was like your imagination had to fill in the, uh, the blanks. Uh, but for this, like somehow for the, for the newer remake, they were able to make it look like how my brain remembers it. And, and even better, like it's super weird how they were so faithful to the original, but made it feel like a modern game. Cause it, it's not turn-based anymore. It's like very actiony yeah and like i don't know it just it was so fun to play and again i already knew the story beats that were going to happen because i played the original final fantasy 7 but like i was still excited to see like how do they look now and like how do they play out now with like a much more cinematic effect to it and they added a lot to this game that like was never in final fantasy 7 because again, they're making this like a multi-part game and part one was like the first maybe six hours of the original game. Like it's literally, they took the first chunk of the game before you get out of Midgar and they made an entire like 20 hour game out of that. And not only does it actually, like unlike games like Halo, where it's like you finish it and it feels like the first chapter of stuff that you're going to get later. This Final Fantasy VII remake part one like, you know, it's the first part of a story, but it still has like a satisfying end to this episode that it, like you're you're not like, oh, well, I guess I got away for the next one. You're just like, wow, 
that was really good. I can't wait for the next one. And like, especially since like at supposedly now it's like, this is where they're going to get into the open world, like part of final fantasy seven. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But like, even back to just like this one, uh, final fantasy seven remake part one, like they, I know we talked, I talked about this in like the episode where we talked about it previously. I don't remember which episode it was, but they, it's not even like a, a direct one-to-one remake. There are parts of this story that they're changing and they do it in such a clever, interesting way that I'm actually not even mad that it's like, they're calling it remake, but it's really more like a redo. It's like, it's weird to say, but like they, they're definitely giving themselves the chance to change some key things. And I'm like, one excited to see if they actually do it and two that makes it so that i actually had enough like what's the word i'm looking for like there was enough wiggle room in like well this is how it was but they're not doing this necessarily so i had like i was like guessing the whole time of like is it actually going to be how it was before or are they gonna you know surprise me and they did such a good job of balancing like homage to the original and doing something like actually new but with the same characters and it's just like again one of the best games i played it well according to my list the best game i personally played all year for sure okay all right that is all the tops of the year i will say um because uh from the pandemic uh the last couple years i've been able to get through a lot of my backlog from like 2015 through 2019 or part of 2019. I still have a couple to go, but uh, I do have updated game of the years and at least uh, from 2015 through 2020, I could say I'm, mm. uh, 2015 through 2018 are now the permanent games of the year. Cause I've actually fully caught up whereas 2019 and 2020 can be changed, but we'll see what happens. Uh, 2015 game of the year, the Witcher three, mm. 2016 uncharted four. Mm, okay. 2017 is hard because destiny 2 came out the year so i want to say that but this one is actually the only one i'm actually going to say like kind of like three destiny 2 south park fractured butthole was fantastic and then hellblade sinuous sacrifice that's why it's like really hard i can't decide honestly with those three i feel like if i have to go with one it would have to be destiny 2 surely just for the amount of time i played it probably uh 2018 god of war with special shout out to spider-man 2019 so far, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order uh, with a special shout out to Metro Exodus. And then 2020, this is a hard one, but I, I'm going to say Ghost of Tsushima with a shout out to Last of Us Part 2. That was a hard one, but yeah. All right. The most anticipated, or I guess all of the uh, movies coming out that are our interest to us and then games, because, you know, we're, we're pretty far on in time. The way I want to do this. Uh, yeah is I'll just say the name and the time it's coming out and we'll either say uh, watch in theater, wait for it, or not interested. Okay? Oh, okay. All right, so starting with the movies, uh, starting with the release date in January, uh, January 14th, Scream in theaters for me. Yeah, I'll probably miss it. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I I haven't been that into the whole series. The uh, movie Serrano, and it's the Peter Dinklage one. It seems like a musical. Oh, the one based off Cyrano de Bergerac? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, not, not, not theaters. 
Yeah, not in theaters. Uh, Morbius. I probably will see that in theaters. <laughs> I'll see it, but it's like you've actually seen Scream over Morbius. It's ridiculous. Um, well, I'm like more connected to Morbius. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Mor- Morbius is uh, July, January 20th. Sorry, I keep forgetting. Uh, February 4th, Moonfall. Yeah, I don't This one doesn't ring a bell to me. I don't know. Okay. It, it's supposed to be... Um, I actually forgot already, too. It's supposed to be something with, like, aliens, I think. Uh, or astronauts. I already forgot, but I'll uh-huh. wait for it. Uh, also, February 4th, Jackass Forever. Yeah, I'll wait for that one. Uh-huh. I'll probably see it in theaters with a different group of people because they know mm-hmm. they're going to want to watch it uh february 11th death on the nile it's that uh orient express murder sequel i'm kind of interested in that but i'm i probably won't actually see that in theaters unless you want to see it at the alma or something i'll wait for it i haven't watched even murder in orient express anyway so is that related yeah it's like the sequel one to it oh okay yeah no one uh, february 18th uncharted in theaters yeah i'll probably see that in theaters usually <laughs> yeah uh on disney plus cheaper by the dozen with zach braff yeah okay i'll probably miss that i'll watch it but you know i just yeah we'll just watch it because it's got zach braff march 4th the batman in theaters yeah obviously. i'm gonna be seeing that in theaters march 11th turning red it's that uh i think pixar it's the red panda one the girl turns into a red panda i don't know if i'd want to see that in theaters i can it wait on look- it it does look really cute. I do want to see it, but if it's... people if people ask to go watch it, I'll go see it. Otherwise, I can wait for All sure. Right. Uh, March eighteenth, Operation Fortune, Roost to Gare. It's a crazy looking one with Jason Statham. Jason Statham action movie. First time hearing of it, so I guess uh, I'll be missing I'll, that one. <laughs> I'll wait till I'll wait on that one. Uh, March or April fourteenth, I believe. No, no. March 18th, sorry, Bullet Train. Uh, it's got like, it's another action one. It's like, uh, I forget who's in it, but it's it's an action one. Yeah. Nah, still doesn't sound familiar. Okay, wait on it. Uh, for me, uh, April 15th, Fantastic Beasts and uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah, I missed like the first two, so I'm going to be missing this one probably. Oh wow, you didn't you didn't even try to watch them, huh? No, I just I don't know. I was never that interested. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm uh maybe seeing theaters. I still have to watch the second one. I didn't I, I did see the first one at least though. But uh if if I don't watch it in time, then yeah, I'll wait. It's okay. Uh April 22nd, the Northman in theaters. I am actually I might see this in theaters. I'll I, I actually twice. looked up a trailer before this just to be like, what is everyone talking about? And yep. it, it actually looks really good. Also March uh, also April 22nd, the um, bearable weight of massive talent that looks super funny i i want to see that in theaters it's i can't believe they're doing this that's the nicholas cage movie for those that don't know it's nick cage getting to play himself be crazy as nick cage uh march 6th doctor strange in the multiverse of madness yeah i'm definitely in theaters theaters. uh may 27th top gun maverick i don't know i'm not that interested I'll probably but, see in theaters, but just with a different group of people. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because uh, uh, my friend Paul, that's he loves Tom Cruise. Mm. Uh, also, May 27th, the Bob's Burgers movie. I actually would like to see this in theaters. Yeah, happy. I might see this in theaters. I didn't watch the entire series, but like I really liked what like the every episode that I did watch was actually consistently funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're doing this. Uh, June 10th, Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know. I might wait on this one. I okay. wasn't like a huge on the last one. I'm so. definitely seeing this in theaters. I need to. Okay. I need to do this. Uh, June 17th, Lightyear. Uh, I'll see that one in theaters. I yeah, think. I might be willing to see that in theaters. I don't want that. Honestly, I don't want people to be talking about that one all the time. Be like, fuck, I didn't watch it. So. That's fair. Uh, June 24th, The Black Phone. That's that weird like. Yeah, I've seen trailers that it's coming out in June. Yes. I will if it's why are they putting it, out trailers if, like now? if a lot of people talk about it, then I'll watch it in theaters. If not, I can wait for it. If no yeah, one's really talking about it, I'm not usually probably not day seeing, one. Yeah, I don't usually see like suspense or horror movies in theaters, so I could skip this one, but okay. it does look sort of interesting, I guess. July 8th, Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely seeing definitely that one in theaters. July 22nd, nope. Definitely seeing that. That's the uh, Jordan Peele movie that's going to come out. Oh, like yeah. Us and Get Out. Yeah. Uh, July 29th, Black Adam. Definitely, yes. Going to go see that yeah. in theaters. Uh, let's see. The August 9th, The Samaritan. It's going to be a um, what's a Sylvester Stallone movie where he's apparently was a superhero. So kind of, I kind of okay. want to see it. But it's like one of those wait and see where I'm like, if it's good enough, I'll see it in theaters. If not, I can wait for it. But that's yeah. what I'm feeling. Uh, September 9th, Salem's Lot. Like the the Stephen King like book. Like the Stephen King book? Yeah. With the vampires. So I, I kind of want to see that in theaters. Yeah. That but could I'll be good. Can, I don't know. Wait on it, maybe. Uh, September 30th, Mission Impossible 7. Another thing with a uh, group of friends. Loves Tom Cruise. I'll yeah. probably go watch it. I like the last few. I've I've really been enjoying Mission Impossible. I don't so I'm know. down to watch. Maybe that. it's just because I'm I haven't been into the entire series, but like I watched the last one theaters and was just like, this is too much for me. Of course. <laughs> uh sometime in October it's coming out, but Hocus Pocus 2 on Disney Plus. Uh watching that night one, whenever the fuck I'm so watching yeah. that. Eh. Uh October 7th, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, absolutely excited for that. And then theaters. Uh, October 14th, Halloween ends. I got to stick to it. I got to see it in theaters. Yeah, I didn't see the last two. So I, I, hope, it's I, as, I, I hope it's better than the last one. It's so fucking bad. Uh, November uh, on Disney Plus will be Pinocchio, that fucking Tom Hanks one where he's going to play Geppetto. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's live action. I don't know how I feel about it, but I don't think I'm watching that the first day. I'll, I'll yeah, eventually see it. I could wait you know? on that. I love Tom Hanks, but I don't know. <laughs> November 4th, The Flash. Seeing that in theaters, of course. The anticipation is killing me. We'll see if that comes out this year. <laughs> uh, November 11th, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, literally a week after The Flash. But seeing it uh, for sure. That theaters. almost makes me feel bad for The Flash. I do too. I'm just like, fuck's sake. Yeah, uh, I hope they do, they're going to do the IMAX, uh, IMAX theft as well. Yeah. Uh, November 23rd, Creed 3. I do want to see that in theaters. I love Creed. I, 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 I enjoy Creed movies. I want to say yeah to that too. I just, I never got around to seeing Creed 2. I loved the first Creed, but I you just. You love like, the first Creed, never watched Creed 2. It was like, I as soon as it came to Hulu, I put it on, on my list to watch. And I was like, I'll pick a time to like, just sit down and watch this movie. And I'll like, pick a year to watch this. It. And that's the thing is, just like, it never, for whatever reason, it just never came around. It's on to, the calendar for 2024. Yeah. Uh, December 16th, Avatar 2. I will probably see this multiple times in theater. I'm going to tell you right now. Really? Yeah, I, I can't wait for this movie. I'm so excited. I mean, I'll probably see it at least once. You, you always seem like you're shocked by the fact that I always say I'm excited for this when I've said it so many fucking times. I keep forgetting. It's like you're the only person that seems to actually be excited for 
like Avatar, like more Avatar. December 16th is me. I'm doing a double feature because uh, same day, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. <laughs> double, yeah. double watery feature, double wet. You're going to get double wet, dude. You're yeah, ready to get a, wet. Aquaman was actually on my top five for like most anticipated for the year. And then surprisingly, December 21st, Super Mario Bros. Yeah, I'm so going to have to see a trailer about that. Maybe. We'll see what happens. But yeah. uh, just without, you don't have to rank them, but what's your five anticipated movies coming out? Uh, so for me, my most anticipated movies, weirdly enough, like one of them, I think you didn't mention. So maybe, I don't know if it's like hard confirmed for 2022. So for me. Some don't have dates. I didn't put the ones that don't have dates yet. Uh, maybe that's why. So for me, uh, Aquaman 2 was number five. Because I, I just like, yeah, just was, we gotta, oh yeah, just, okay. Yeah. Aquaman 2 is number five, Nar- uh, Knives Out 2 was number four because mm. I'm very excited for that. They haven't given uh, it a date, but it's supposed to be, yeah, uh, because it's Netflix, that's why. Uh, they haven't I given see. it a okay. date at all, yeah. Uh, number three was Across the Spider Verse, number two, Doctor Strange 2, and number one was surprisingly the, the Northman. Okay. Uh, number five for me was The Flash, number four for me was Hocus Pocus 2. Um, number three was the Northman. Actually, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Number five was the Northman. Number th- four was the Flash. Number three was Hocus Pocus two. Uh, number two was Avatar two, and number one was the Batman. So uh, yeah. okay, yeah. I I wasn't sure if I wanted to put the Batman on there because like I like. Again, it's one of those movies where I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't. Know. I th- it looks so. I'm. I'm so ready for this movie. The the one I put that was on there, the Flash, is only on there because I would just want to know what the fuck they're doing with the DCU. I'm just so right. worried. That's what's wor- that movie is more of a worry than anticipation. That's what if Doctor that, Strange Two is on there for me. <laughs> if it didn't have the uh, multiverse reset shit in there, it would be Aquaman Two in there easily. But mm. it's only for that reason. Um, and I'm sorry, Hocus Pocus 2 had to be Aquaman. It's just Hocus Pocus is Hocus Pocus. All right, uh, games. So uh, just like if you're going to buy, a, you know, same thing. Buy, wait on it for a discount. Buy, day one buy, discount, ignore. Uh, January 20th, Rainbow Six Extraction. I'm probably going to ignore that. Ignore. Uh, January 28th, Pokemon Legends Acres, Ar- Ar- Arceus, Arceus, whatever. Uh, I might wait for that to be on sale. Like, I definitely want to play it, but I don't know if it's like I need to get it day one. If I actually played Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Eevee, I don't even know which version I have, and I actually played it and beat it, then I would get this day one. That's probably not happening, so probably discount. Uh, February second, February first, Life is Strange Remastered Collection. I never played them, so I want to say wait for discount. Yeah, I've always wanted to play these Life is Strange games. Like, Chris absolutely loved the first one. Uh, so I will probably get it. I don't know if necessarily day one, okay. but, like, definitely want to get into this okay. collection. February 8th, Sifu? Not interested. Yeah, like, people keep wanting me to be interested in this, and so far I haven't seen anything that grabbed me. So, like, maybe I'll get this on discount someday, but so far not super excited. February 10th, Crossfire X. Uh, yeah. When it's on Game Pass, it's on Game yeah, Pass. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, I'll try it eventually. Uh, February 15th, Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires. Possible... I'm skip. I, I know. Yeah. Possible day one buy. It's been a while for me. Possible day one buy. Maybe discount. But one of those two for sure, I think. Uh, February 18th, Horizon 2 Forbidden West. 
day one five. Absolutely day one. I'm so excited. Yeah, the silicone. February twenty second, Destiny two, the Witch Queen expansion. Oh, I have to. I might have to wait for this one. No, I'm kidding. Like it's literally, it's the first time I'm actually considering requesting a day or two off of work. Day one just on to play reset. a game. Day one on reset immediately. God, it's gonna be fucking full service. Holy shit! You're not gonna play it at reset at all. It's gonna be horrible. Uh, February twenty fifth, Elden Ring. Ignore. Not interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna get a day one. I don't think I can help myself. For those that don't know, I'm just going to say really fast. It involves George R. R. Martin in it, and I refuse to give money to anything he's a part of because I am waiting for Winds of Winter, and I'm just speaking with my wallet. Yeah, not, not because he's him, done anything wrong. My wallet. He, yeah, he just like hasn't finished the one thing he wants to finish. And <laughs> that we want him to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, March second, Babylon, Babylon's Fall. It's a platinum game. Yeah, I'm probably. Uh, I know it's. I usually love platinum games, but like I've been hearing some bad things about this one, so I'm probably gonna skip it. Yeah, not interested. Uh, Grand Turismo Seven on March fourth. Not interested. Yeah, uh, not interested. I, I know it's a really great uh, sim racing game, but I'm not usually into like the really simmy racing games. The closest I'll probably be playing is gonna be Forza Horizon Five. Anyway, I played a little bit of Forza Horizon Five so far. I'm. I like it. It's. Super I'm looking fun. forward to it. Uh, March 18th, Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins, Chaos. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably get this on sale at some point. I don't, need to get a, I don't need to get a day one, but it actually looks surprisingly fun. I don't know how as, to feel yet. As dumb as all the chaos stuff is, it, just, it actually does look fun. Because I, I, I probably won't for a while just because I still have to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, which will be my first actual single player Final Fantasy game. That's fair. Uh, March 25th, Tiny, Tina, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Skip. Not yeah, I'm gonna skip this. March 31st, Weird West. It's that indie game from Devolver uh, that has like the different. It's like five different stories. Yeah, uh, I remember everything seeing... in the game is fully interactable. Apparently, yeah, I, re- I remember this being one of the things from their showcase that we thought was interesting. I might have to look up a trailer again, but I would like to buy it day one just to give them the money at least, and then That's maybe fair. I will play it day one. But I'll at least like I'll, I want to get it for sure. Yeah, I might do something similar. Uh, April 28th, Stalker 2 Heart of Chernobyl. I think it'll be. I'll probably play it because it's on Game Pass. That's really the first game since uh, February. So it'll kind of be like two months post Destiny 2 and Horizon 2. So I'll probably buy it. Hmm. Uh, May 24th, Forspoken. Waiting to Uh, see more, but it could be a day one buy. That's the thing. Like, I. What we've seen so far looks fun, so I do want to play it, but it might not be a day one buy necessarily. For it me. It, uh, it just depends on kind of what more we see. As, yeah, if as I it if it draws closer, that's true. If if I hear a lot of good reviews about it, then I might just like get it as soon as possible. But yeah, we'll see. That's usually how it goes for me. Uh, the because most don't have dates. Uh, the next one is August twenty third. Uh, Saints Row. Uh, not interested person. Yeah, I'm not that interested. Like I, I liked a few of the games in the series. I kind of dropped off after the third one, and uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just not super sold on there needing to be a reboot of this. Uh, November 11th, Starfield. Uh, I want to say day one. I'm gonna do day one. I don't want to buy it on Game Pass because I want the mods. Unless they have the mods, buy then on mm, Game Pass. So that's fair. I'll I guess buy it on PC. It'll depend if I have a gaming PC by that. I'm gonna get angry at Todd after and be like, "You motherfucker!" Yeah. <laughs> what that's have the you other done thing. This time? I think that's maybe one of the reasons why I'm like apprehensive to get a day one because it's like 
But what if there are problems? There's always problems. It's going to create memes. That's what's going to happen. All right. The rest of these games are in alphabetical order, and they just don't have a date. They're coming in 2022. Uh, Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. Uh, Skip for me. Not interested, but I know you I'll probably get it. I liked... uh, I played one of the uh, Advance Wars games at some point and thought it was super fun. So it'd be cool to play a reboot of the first two. Or a remake of the first two. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Day one by. Yeah, I, I I might need to see more, but I'm I'm, excited. I'm at least interested. Yeah, uh, Aztec Forgotten Gods. This is like an Aztec mini game. It's uh, I mean indie game. I said mini game, indie game. Uh, that's gonna be a purchase for me. I just probably on day one actually because I'm really interested in what this is gonna be. Um, Bayonetta three. Uh, not interested. Uh, I'm super excited. Company of Heroes three. Uh, probably wait for a discount, but looking forward to it. Uh, I might RTS. Oh, uh, then yeah, I'll definitely skip that. Yeah. I'm not into RTSs generally. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, PS5, Xbox Series X. We'll see if that happens. Uh, when it does, I will finally open my PS4 copy and get my fit free PS5 upgrade and finally yeah. play it. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I, I've waited to. It's supposed to come the first half of the year, apparently. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I've waited to get Cyberpunk until now because I'm just like. It'll come to PS5 eventually, and yeah, yeah. I guess that's still technically true. It's, Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed. It's like a full remake of Destroy All Humans. Yeah. Eh, On discount. Know. I'll wait for discount. Probably same. I, I liked the first one. Diablo Immortal, the mobile game. Not interested. <laughs> I would give it a shot if it wasn't for Activision Blizzard being terrible shits right now. This one, because of our past with it, Earth Defense Force 6. Maybe. Interesting, right? Yeah, I don't well, know. Keep Maybe an eye on it, right? Maybe keep yeah. an eye on it. Those All games right. are like not super smart, but they're very fun. Evil Dead, the game. I'm actually interested in this. I don't know if it's a day one buy, but like it's like I'll I'll wait for reviews. Same, but this I'm is a review later. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, I'll wait for reviews. I potentially will if the reviews are good day one buy if not then I probably won't get it at all honestly probably same God of Ragnarok day one buy oh absolutely God of Ragnarok day one buy Gotham Knights day one buy I'll wait for the reviews (laughs) GTA 5 PS5 slash Xbox Series X not interested sadly I'll probably buy it day one (laughs) you sick bastard Hogwarts Legacy I'm part of the problem (laughs) Hogwarts Legacy day one buy yeah yeah, if it comes out, I'll probably buy it day one. Uh, Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga. I'm going to skip personally. I just yeah, Lego I'll games. Skip. They're fun games, but I don't... Eh. Marvel's Midnight Suns. Uh, potentially a day one buy, depending on the reviews. Or yeah, probably same. won't buy it all. Because yeah, I, I, I like XCOM. That's the same yeah. for me. Uh, Metal Hellsinger. That's the indie game that's like when you're... Kill- it's like Doom with the rock music. Yeah, I might get that on discount sometime. Same. I don't know. Multiverses, that new WB fighting game. Yeah, definitely not a day one buy. But I like, might just... I, I'll I, probably ignore it, but... If, only if pressured by friends. Only if pressured by friends. Yeah, same. Uh, Prince of Persia, Sense of Time remake. Day one really buy, want... depending on reviews. Yeah. If they do a good job. I, I absolutely love the original, so I, I want to get this when it comes out, but... I was really disappointed by what they showed last time. So uh, we'll see. Redfall Game Pass. That's that. Yeah, probably. Game. I want to say day one by just because I thought it was it looked super cool. But just Game Pass. I'm not we'll see. Scorn Game Pass. What actually comes out. 
I want to say day one buy because this is literally one of the games that I bought my Xbox to play. And I, every once in a while, I'm like, wait, where the fuck is scoring? Where, where I wanted to play that. Yeah. Uh, second Extinction Game Pass. That's that one with the Raptors. Yeah, I might miss this one, but we'll see. If it's uh, cool multiplayer with, you know. I, I mean, know. again, it's, it is coming to Game Pass. So if I hear if people are having fun with it, I might give it a shot. But it's, it's not something I'm looking to buy. Uh, if this actually comes out, Skull and Bones. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, wait on reviews. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a day two buy if reviews are good. I don't know. Uh, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Day one buy. Yeah, I want to say that too. Uh, it looks super fun it's from what steady, we've seen. So. It's also rock steady. So yeah. I want to have faith that they know how to make a fun game because they do. But uh, yeah. System Shock remake. So this is, you know, the precursor to Bioshock. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I might get it on discount someday. Same. I hear good things about the original. I just, uh, it's not a, a necessary buy for me. I'm like behind on a lot of the remake remasters. So it's also yeah, that. also discount for me. Uh, the Callisto Protocol, day one by this. Very is, excited for that. Yeah, probably yeah, day one. I'm so fucking pumped for this. Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild sequel. What a <laughs> fantastic title! That was on my honorable mentions for most excited for. Just because, like, I was like, we'll even see if it comes out in 2022. Uh, discount. I'm just gonna wait for discount. I'll probably get it day one. I still haven't bought Breath of the Wild one. Like so. as as soon as Breath of the Wild two is out, I'm absolutely getting it. Lord of the Rings: Gollum. Not interested. I'm probably gonna ignore the shit out of this. Yeah, I don't want this. I don't want I never who who thought this was a good idea. Uh right? The Witcher 3 <laughs> on uh PS5 and Series X. I'll probably buy it day one. I wanted I might, to I'd be down for this again. Yeah. yeah. I, I've wanted to replay uh The Witcher 3 I think anyway. It's free up, I think it's free upgrade. I think so too. But like I've been waiting for that like PS5 upgrade to come out. So. We'll wait. I want to read the books first and then play the first two games just so I get the full actual timeline. So then I could get the satisfaction right. from three because I played three without anything at all. Um, but all right, that's all of it. Uh, would you just name without you could do order, I guess, uh, your five anticipated games? Uh, my top five most anticipated games for the year. And I guess number five, I'm not 100 percent sure if it even is coming out this year. I, the list I saw for 2022 did have it. It just wasn't like a set time. Yeah, uh, Sinuous Saga because Sinuous Sacrifice quickly became one of my favorite games of all time. So I'm absolutely excited to see the next like chapter in that story. Uh, number four, you're gonna hate is Elden Ring because I know I know you want uh, George R. R. Martin to just work on that book and finish that first, but like I can't help myself. I I like a good Souls game, especially if it's like actually from from software. Yeah, and Elden Ring just looks phenomenal like so far from what we've seen number three i'm actually surprised and it was hard for me i wasn't sure if i wanted to uh, put on there because i technically have already played most of this game destiny 2 witch queen (laughs) because it's like just an expansion but at the same time i'm so excited for it i'm excited i I just made i I, I kept it off i was like i'm not gonna put it on here yeah uh number two horizon forbidden west i am absolutely psyched for this game and i i cannot believe it's coming so soon uh and number one surprise surprise oh god, god of war ragnarok yep it's like okay. i i have been a fan of the entire series even back when it was on playstation 2 and like the god of war 2018 was such an interesting like evolution for the series just narratively 
like gameplay wise character wise it's just top to bottom it's so good so like chapter two i you could knock me into a coma right now wake me up for that game and i'd be like if you if you could safely do that do that now please i think we have only two of the same but my number five horizon two forbidden west Mm, uh number four avatar frontiers of pandora Mm, i I fake because i like division i do like division uh number three the Callisto Protocol. Hmm. Number two, God of War Ragnarok. And then number one, I'm just, I want this so fucking badly. Hogwarts Legacy is my number really? one most anticipated game. Yeah, I, I fucking want to go to Hogwarts, bro. I just want to play as a student and go to school. I think it's that, like a lot of those games, like I'm not confident are coming out in 2022. So, because like, especially it Hogwarts. Supposed, it was supposed to come out in 2021. I know, but we haven't even seen like a trailer or anything. So until I, I start seeing like physical, like I think it's like make promotional it. stuff. I hope I, so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. That's why I was like, when you put Hell, I was like, Hell, it's not even come out this year. Yeah, I don't know. It's Maybe like if someone list... was like, yeah, the Dead Space remake. I'm like, that's also not coming yeah. out this year either, for sure. That's like 2023 fall, probably. I don't know. I yeah, I don't know what list I saw that uh, Senua Saga was on. I mean, part of it. Like they just had like a six minute gameplay trailer at the game awards. So I guess that's why I'm like, I can, I could see that that could maybe come out this year, but also yeah. like literally a month before that, they were like, we don't have much to show you. But all right. Uh, that is everything guys. And sorry, we went pretty fucking long. All right. Oh, yeah. YouTube people were not usually like this long, but there's a lot of explanation. We try to keep it to an hour, thing. to an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's over two now, but it's not the worst. We've had worse. Trust me. We've had, long we've had four hours once that was crazy that's but that was like 100 episodes ago probably <laughs> literally at this point no it's like episode 50 i want to say i don't know it doesn't matter but uh that has been sutra side talk and we don't usually do these types of episodes maybe just like once a year really this will be the start of like probably what we'll do every year but uh if you want to contact us at all now that we have the youtube people too uh, we will, we have an, uh, an email, of course, Sutra Side Talk, which is the title, uh, at gmail.com. You can send us any feedback, comments, especially uh, with all this now. Please comment in the YouTube video as well, uh, just to give us any feedback you have, positive, negative, anything you think could be done better potentially. But just keep in mind right now, this is just our current budget of what we can do uh, in terms of like tech wise and whatnot. Uh, so we don't really have anything else that's going to happen for that uh for a bit um otherwise you can always actually uh send us any questions you have same email address sutrasidetalk at gmail.com send us questions we'll read them on the show uh especially if it pertains to an episode we're going to do or something that came out recently that we're going to talk about probably uh otherwise you can follow the show on instagram twitter and tiktok at sutrasidetalk uh tiktok will now be probably more consistent because i'm going to take like one minute clips from this show and other upcoming episodes from youtube and put them on there along with some other things i'll try to put out when i can but uh we'll try to keep those going uh this will probably be in place of audiograms for the most part i don't know if we'll do audiograms anymore that we have the video segments instead uh but we'll be doing that and you can follow on those and then of course please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to if it's uh Apple Podcasts specifically, please give us a five-star review. That would really help us. If it's now YouTube, give us a like, uh, put a notification on the, click on that notification bell. That way, you know, whenever new episodes are coming up, I think that's how that works. I've heard other people say that. So, you know, not used to it yet. 
Um, but yeah, we'll be back later on this month. We'll have talk on Ghostbusters, Afterlife, The Matrix Resurrections, um, The Witcher Season 2, and The Nightmare of the Wolf uh, show, or animated film, I think, uh, plus a lot more. Uh, we'll see what other games we want to talk about. But we got a lot going on this month, and we'll we'll have it all coming out soon. But until next week, we'll catch you guys later. So long. Thanks for listening.